Hey, my name is Brian. That is Shane. This is the podcast Unleashed, and it's so good to be back. Yes, it is, man. It's been uh, <clears throat> we took our first Thursday off in you know without it being a major holiday. I think for the first time in in two and a half years. So it's been really strange and interesting, but uh, we're glad to be back. Thanks for letting us have a week off. Why were we off, Brian? I can't remember. Oh my gosh! So I, I was sick. Then there was that conference that was going on, and then coincidentally the day we were like well maybe we can still make it work and the internet went out for literally like 36 (laughs) hours that's that's right what's up with that how does the internet go out for 36 hours in southern california i don't know it was like the universe was telling me telling us like listen it's it's not happening today guys stop trying to force it we have a great show today guys we're so glad you're here uh we're going to be talking about uh, all kinds of great stuff we're going to talk about talking about the russell brand uh, blow up and uh, it's important that you watch it because this you know uh, first you know there's a good quote out there that, that I absolutely love and it goes something like uh, like this they take out the biggest voices first so they can take out the smaller voices easier and that's you and I so amen we're yeah, gonna be talking about that <clears throat> I'm sorry just on that note speaking of demonetization we've been demonetized for a while hmm. now we're hoping to get it back at some point uh, in October uh crossing our fingers but <laughs> but before shane continues if you want to support us you can go to our this is this is our uh workaround here this is our little pirate ship streamlabs.com slash the podcast live you can watch it there you can comment there and you can super chat and it will show up on the screen and uh sort of sort of hijack your your conversation there but this is a no no time please, to yeah. interject this if you want to support us still demonetization sucks not only can you not uh, get super chats and your members are cut off and all that? But you actually are 100% throttled. Our numbers are way lower. Our subscriptions are constantly dropping, and that's just the way it is when you're demonetized, man. No one, you know, the system does the system doesn't promote you. Right, and you know, and <clears throat> we'll try to make it as easy as we can for you. We'll put the Streamlabs link in the upper left hand of the live chat so you guys can. Click it there. I know it's a lot easier to do the YouTube thing, which which is great. We generally love using that. So, hey, YouTube, uh, put us back on so we can <clears throat> both earn some more money. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, some other things we're going to talk about today. So we're going to deep deep diving into uh, into that and why the why we're going to break down everything that's going on with the Russell Brand thing. And it's it's frightening, honestly. You guys are going to want to hear that. Uh, we're going to have a Star Trek roundup today. We got lots of things to talk Star Trek, including our recent video where we ranked every star trek series you're going to find out all the information about that and also where brian and i stand on those ratings uh we've got a box office recap where we're going to be talking about what's happening in the box office right now um and uh something some stuff about oppenheimer which i thought was interesting surprise uh yawning movie brian will say that made over 900 million dollars so boring um we have a disney section called what did you do disney which is going to be talking about some stuff. And there is quite a bit of news going on with Disney, which impacts all of us. Uh, we got a Quantum Leap season two trailer. And of course, uh, uh, Elon's going to make us pay for Twitter. Why? <laughs> so more news on that. And uh, But first off, before we talk about anything else, we should just say that today is a very important day if you're following the writer strike. Um, they're, they're actually having an, a meeting today. There is some sort of hope. Uh, on both sides, actually, that they're going to come to some sort of agreement. Uh, And it's probably one of the more hopeful days I've seen throughout this entire process. They do believe a deal is going to happen today. So maybe that news will break while we're here. And of course, we'll share that with you. 
That said, the writer's uh, side did say that if a, if a deal didn't come today, great chance that the strike continues through the end of the year, which oh, isn't good for, for fans who want more content. So It's also not Brian? good for, uh, yeah, yeah, not just for content, but, you know, what about us uh, poor demonetized YouTubers that like to talk <laughs> about that content? <laughs> yeah, no, it'll be great for us so we can we can go back to talking about the things we want to talk about. Um, which, which it is definitely more difficult to find things to talk about each week, but we're finding them. It's, it's coming and it's still interesting yeah. and it'll get back on it. Um, so we need to talk about that, Brian. Um, so you had a good week. You're back, you're back in the saddle. Everything's good. Uh, I had a, uh, I, I definitely got some sleep this week. That was great. Um, cause I was really sick on, uh, come Sunday. Um, I pushed myself a little bit too hard trying to get the video done and everything had to get done. So I was, I was not feeling good. And uh, yeah. I think I slept from like noon on Sunday to like probably 9 a.m. the next day. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. crazy. Well, I had a, an interesting thing happen this week. I got a haircut. I'm surprised you didn't say anything about it because I, I had my hair has been pretty luscious for a while. I didn't notice. And uh, yeah, I got a haircut. So I, I, I don't typically, I like my hair to be kind of on the longer side a little bit, but I go to sports clips. I know, you know, I should probably shouldn't even be advertising for them, but I know that's a place you've gone in the past. I like I sports have this, clips. I have this great sports clip store. I usually go, I've got one of two or three different girls who cuts my hair and, and it's usually pretty great. You know, I, I get what I need every time. <clears throat> I don't because they seem to rotate around so much. I am monogamous but, with my hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she and your wife will be glad to hear that. Um, when, when I went to sports clips this week, I went in and I'm like, oh, there's a guy here. And I'm like, oh man, you know how long it's been since I've been to like a barber. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is cool. They hired a dude. They have never had a dude there. Right. So I signed up for the dude. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, and I'm sitting in the chair and like most men, we're just not talking to each other. And I'm finding the silence quite nice actually, you know, we're yeah. just, I'm sitting there to get my hair cut and he's just cutting my hair, you know, and it's kind of this, no weird, you know, Right. No nonsense, right? I'm, I'm sitting there getting my haircut, and he's going, and he gets about halfway into the haircut, and I guess he realizes his he's concerned suddenly about his tip, I believe. Because honestly, I I don't know why we tip hairstylists. Like, your job is to cut my hair good. Uh, that's why I keep coming back to you. But for some reason in America, we tip our hairdressers. And I have tipped everyone for, you know, 40 years. So, but this guy, you know, he starts talking about stuff and, mm-hmm. and all he says, he's like, you know, uh, so how are you doing? What do you do? You kind of the whole thing about what we do. And he goes, yeah, I just, um, I just got hired on here. And I said, oh, oh really? Was, where did you work before? He goes, I worked at Amazon. We have a big Amazon warehouse here in my town. Right. Right. He goes, but I was laid off a couple weeks ago. I said, oh, what, what, you know, what happened? He goes, in fact, I have seven roommates. We were all laid off at Amazon at the same time. Seven roommates. Jesus. Yeah. So, so there's a whole story there. It's a whole story about seven roommates and working at Amazon. All he wanna, really gave wanna, the tea. I want to see that reality show. Like, yeah, the Amazon lower decks. <laughs> That's what <it's laughs> right. Like. Well, he lived it. I'm telling you right now. And this is a guy like you're thinking typical barber. He's got tattoos on his arms. You're thinking this guy knows what the hell he's doing. Then he proceeds to tell me as he's halfway down my haircut. He goes, I just got my license two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's not the best haircut I've had, but um, I thought it was funny that Amazon is laying people off so they can become barbers. So someone said, "How hot is she, Brian?" Well, um, 
maybe to you guys she wouldn't be that hot, but she is like a seventy-two-year-old Asian woman. <laughs> hmm. And if she's painted green, then she's really hot to you. Um, and she doesn't talk, so she's fine. <laughs> Very good. I love it that I love that the, I I actually go to the same person because a she knows what I want and she doesn't bother me. Like yeah. I'm trying to put my headset in and I'm just gonna like get through the haircut. I don't want to sit there and talk about and have these like these forced niceties about our children or whatever. You know what yeah, I mean? and that happens every time. And so I was really like digging. I was hoping this dude thing, but it reminds me also that that guys just don't give a crap. Like that's the other thing is like going to a girl to get your haircut is like so much better because they're actually concerned with whether or not you like your haircut. A guy's like, get out of here, you know. So. Um, yeah, so that's what we got going. Brian, can you explain the Stream Hero and all that good stuff so that people are aware of how that works in case yeah. they haven't been here? Stream Hero, top left. You see it says, right now it says Podcast Unleashed. Yeah, as you, if you, uh, to uh, send us any donations over Streamlabs, any comments or whatever, um, then what happens is uh, our little HP meter there gets knocked off. And whoever uh, is the Stream Hero the longest... Uh, wins by the end of the stream and we're giving away i believe it's uh uh the mystery box this week so yes mystery you don't know what you're gonna get but it's it's apparel so yeah, it'll be yeah. good it's a it's a it's a box it's of uh it's a box of awesome i guess <laughs> <laughs> you're too busy doing that ad from the yeah, last stupid <laughs> ad i had to do like 14 times okay uh, so really good. So yeah, please support us there. We appreciate that. If you haven't given us a like, please do so. And if you're new here, please subscribe because uh, I've noticed our subscriber numbers have pretty much flattened off since our demonetizations, which means uh, I'm not getting the alerts for my own show, which I'm assuming you guys aren't. But we're glad that you guys are all here. So thank you so much for showing up. Um, our first story today, Mr. Brian, we want to talk about if you're not listening to what's going on the internet right now, then then you're, you don't know that Russell Brand who uh, is kind of a famous uh, British comedian known for his raunchiness, uh, has, uh, has an incredible follower uh, following on YouTube. He has over 6 million subscribers on YouTube. And we've watched his meteoric rise, haven't you? Did you now, remember when he had like 100,000 subscribers like a year ago or whatever, two yeah, years ago? Yeah, it wasn't very long ago, right? I remember thinking like, who wants to watch this guy talk for an hour? Right. I remember and he, him from Get Him to the Greek. I'm like, this guy is annoying. I don't want to listen to him talk. <laughs> well, I actually saw him in a movie I really liked. Uh, uh, it was uh, the one where they, they went to Hawaii. I can't oh, remember what it was uh, called. It's Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yes, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I loved him in it. But see, that's and we're going to talk about why he's in trouble. And that is part of the reason why he's in trouble. Um, I like but, the movies he's in, but not, not because of him. Like Even the movie Get Him to the Greek, which is all about mm -hmm. him. I like all the, all the ancillary characters more. I like Rosie Bryan as his as his wife slash girlfriend. I think she's hilarious and she's super hot. Oh my god! And I think uh, what's his a Puff Daddy in that in that movie? Right, right. Absolutely, he is like Tom Cruise level Tropic Thunder. The way he acts. There's this scene I just watched it recently because I was new. And right in the very beginning, where he's having a call with all of his, all of his uh, people at his record label. He's like the head of the record label. And somebody gets a phone call and the whole room goes silent and he goes, answer it. <laughs> I was like, I'd, I'd, I'd rather not answer it. He goes, answer it. And he picks it up. The guy's like, hey, man, listen, I can't really talk right now. Yeah, no, I'm in a, I'm in a meeting and he's he's looking at me like he's going to kill me. No, he's looking straight in my soul right now. He, he made me answer just to humiliate me. 
<laughs> it was uh, like that character. And then he, when he has that conversation with uh, another rapper because he's wearing pink, he goes, "This pink ain't gangster, bro. Pink is not gangster." <laughs> It's just great. It is the today. movie is good. I don't think it's good because of Russell Brand, though. I think it's good because yeah. he is putting this the same with forgetting Sergeant Marshall. He doesn't make that movie good. He is playing a bit character. The people around him make the movie funny. I think. No, I think he makes the movie funny. He's spice, but I don't think he he's the spotlight on any movie he does. Yeah. You know, so yeah. But anyways, if you haven't heard Russell Brown, Russell Brown, Russell Brand was accused of rape and sexual assault. Uh, he basically what happened is uh, some people came forward and uh, actually a an uh, a, ton, uh, a BBC news story came out breaking the, the news. And it was kind of a, uh, it was a it was a snapshot of what's going on with him. Basically, um, as a result of these allegations, and we're going to go through them here in a second as to what they are. He was demonetized from YouTube immediately. Uh, Paramount Plus removed his comedy special and BBC removed his shows solely on these allegations, which uh, which which we're going to talk about whether or not that's 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 and a just good thing. to be clear. Uh, if the allegations are are correct, then F this guy. OK, um, if he's actually like a sexual predator or a rapist or whatever, F this guy. But the thing is. They're nothing but allegations. There's no conviction. There's no there's even, there's even arrest. There's nothing except for someone saying this happened these many, many years ago. So right, if it is the yeah. case, then screw him. Like, this is a bad dude. But if it's but if it's not, and again, we don't know. And like whatever happened to the rule of innocent first, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Right. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, well, I, in our in our country, that. it's like that for sure. I don't know the you you know it's one thing about you know and to all due of you process to due process is important. That's something that that they have over there in in the UK as well. But it this is this does give a snapshot of how different countries are. Like we all we are all part of the same community. Whether you're whether you're from the UK or America or Australia or wherever you're listening to us from Canada, you know we're all part of the same community. But we live in countries with different laws. And this, what we're about to show you some of this stuff is really a snapshot of how different our countries are. Like the things happening to Russell Brand, Russell Brand in the UK would not go down here. Uh, in fact, they, it's it's kind of funny, the visibility that it's it's getting, the the openness, because it would never happen right. here in our country because the, the Americans would freak out. Uh, but we're going to go through it. Um, so some of the things, so what's Russell Brand? <clears throat> He's always been a, a kind of a shock comedian. Uh, he's always been very sexually, his, his comedy revolves around his, his sexuality. He's, he's talked about how he's unhappy with, you know, he's disappointed in his past and how his, sometimes he was very misogynistic or, or that he was this not great person. He was struggling with, with, uh, <clears throat> I think he, he had, a, he had a drug problem at one point. Yeah. yeah. He was a heroin addict. No, he's an open book, dude. That's the crazy part. He's, he is no yeah. longer the person that he was, um, back then. In fact, now he's living in like a little cottage with his wife and a couple kids, and he's like, he's 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 a completely different person. He's like the right. dichotomy. He's like the opposite of what he used to be. So he's an easy target, so to speak. Right. <clears throat> and if you know how how the media works, you know, and and of course, when he was doing all this stuff, it was between ten and twenty years ago when all the accusations come from. Um, when he was doing this stuff, of course, nobody was was worried about it. He was encouraged to behave overtly sexually out of control because that's what got him work. That's what got him hired on all these shows, on all these movies. Right. 
was to be that character. And it's, and he had no problem letting people know that he slept with a thousand women. First off, can you imagine if sleeping with a thousand women, Brian? That seems exhausting to be honest. <laughs> well, apparently he said it and, and, uh, and it's possible. So if you sleep with a thousand people, I am certain that a few of those are not going to turn out uh, probably very good. This is what your face looks like mm. after a thousand women. Fuck. <laughs> oh, he's, that, yeah, he's like, oh, too, I don't know. That was too many. <laughs> I wonder what his wife thinks now. He's all settled down. Like he's a different kind of guy, <clears throat> you know, but um, around the time. seems like a typical trade wife where she's like, just like wearing like mom, mom jeans and like cooking mm-hmm. in the kitchen. She's very. She's not a celebrity oh, yes. celebrity taunt. Well, that's one of the things that we have to talk about. Like, can you mature? Can you grow up? Are we going to? And we'll talk more about about if society will allow us to do that. But uh, the fact that he is an easy target. Now, when Russell decided to change his content, he had about 100,000 views per video ish. Uh, and then he started changing his content and he started attacking the media. He started attacking the media. He started attacking left and right wing Um sources he became kind of like this this beacon for um i would hate almost libertarianism almost libertarian libertarian. yeah almost like a libertarian but his platform just started to grow and people pull i mean he speaks very quickly he's he's very fast he knows exactly what he wants to say and he makes really good points and he was able to and he just pulled in this huge audience and i think you know whether or not you know we have no evidence as of right now, that that's the case, that that this is happening because of that. People want to silence him, but it sure looks like it, especially since all of these incidents happened so long ago. And um, and what do you think? Well, um, <clears throat> you know, I would like to know what uh, his female co-stars like Rosie Bryan, Kristen Bell, um, uh, Katy Perry, the people that he was <laughs> in these movies with and on stage with that where they were like, they acted sexual together. Was he inappropriate? You know? Well, uh, he was on Piers. Now he wasn't, but <clears throat> there was someone on Piers Morgan the other day that was a female comedian, a female uh, UK comedian who actually went to his house and they were like going to get together or something like that. And uh, she told him, no, I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to. And he said, okay, no problem. And he, and she said he was nothing but a, but a gentleman. Yeah, they, so, they I don't know Kristen Bell about it. Well, by the way, Kristen Bell is yummy, but they questioned Kristen Bell about it, and uh, she was like, "You know, uh, I, you know, I had heard that he was a ladies' man, so I told him right when we started, you listen, if uh, if uh, if you do anything that makes me uncomfortable, I'm gonna punch you in the face.'" And he, he said, "She said, he said, she said that he laughed. He goes, don't worry about it. I'm not gonna do anything to make you uncomfortable.'" So, <laughs> I, you know, he professionally he hasn't had this problem. So the people that are coming coming out. And it seems very coordinated, if I'm being honest. It seems like everyone at the same time, the second this article came out, it was like a it was like a blitz. An opportunity. It was it was right. an opportunity. Yeah, no, this is a really good point. We're, let's go through some of the things because I definitely want to dig into, you know, the demonetization. It happened so quickly. You gotta remember this information came out on Friday. Right. Um, and by Monday he was canceled. So let's let's take a look at some of the actions. So because we, we want to give fairness to both sides, because it's possible that Russell Brand did do things he shouldn't have done, and uh, and he needs to be held accountable. But we don't know that because there's no investigation yet. Again, due um, process. Like when when when, <clears throat> when the accusation alone can destroy your ability to make an income, 
that <laughs> that is wrong. Sorry. It's true. Yeah. And, and that's something we're going to delve into and, and how we deal with stuff like that. But let's talk about what happened. So four women, four women currently are alleging sexual assaults between 2006 and 2013. Uh, one woman alleges that Bran raped her without a condom against a wall in his Los Angeles home. She says Bran tried to stop her uh, leaving until she told him she was going to the bathroom. She was treated at a rape crisis center on the same day, which the Times says it has confirmed via medical records. Um, so, you know, that's one of those situations where it should be corroborated. So, um, you know, I'm not sure why she waited so long or what what made her not want to, you know, and, and I know that there's no time frame if you're a rape victim. You know, there's no like you have to come, you know, it's it cannot be easy to be, you know, of course, we have no idea what that feels like. So let me ask you a question. The time frame thing is <clears throat> while we're talking about that. Uh, should there be uh, some kind of time frame on that? Um, <clears throat> it shouldn't be opportunistic. So, well, you know, if you want if you want, we can go through these four things. And then we can talk about okay, yeah, let's do that. why we can talk about what exactly happened. Like what, how come this happened right now? Because that is a thing, you know, uh, <clears throat> a second woman in the UK alleges that brand assaulted her when he was in his early thirties and she was 16 and still at school. She alleges he referred to her as the child during an emotionally abusive and controlling relationship. Looking back, she says he engaged in the behaviors of a groomer. And now that story is very intriguing because 16 is the age of consent in the UK, yeah. which is not in not in the United States. So, I mean, honestly, I look at that as disgusting. You know, the 30 something year old man shouldn't be with a 16 year old girl ever. And, and that's my opinion. Um, but uh, by the law, I guess, you know, but that's something that, you know, you look at him and you say, come on, dude, can't you do, you know, do better, you know. Let their brains develop. Let them make decisions. I mean, yeah, but um, that, 16 is the age of consent over there. Apparently, yeah. that's a, 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 no, a normal thing. Uh, I get it. Years. And every country's got its own thing, but that's it's, it's pretty creepy. Um, a third woman claims that Brand sexually assaulted her while she worked with him in Los Angeles. She alleged he repeatedly she repeatedly told Brand to get off her. And we have and when he eventually relented, he flipped and was super angry. She says he threatened to take legal action if she told anyone else about her allegations so i don't know there's no body parts or naked or anything it's just a just an assault just as weird they call it a sexual assault i guess he got on you know it's hard to tell was he you know was he messing with her were they was he joking around and now she's pissed it's like one of those weird things uh the fourth woman has alleged being sexually assaulted by brand in the uk and him being physically in a mute and emotionally abusive towards her um <clears throat> So he did respond to these, but there are some other ones, apparently. Other claims made as part of the investigation relate to Brand's allegedly controlling and abusive and predatory behavior um, and inappropriate behavior in the workplace. During the years covered by the allegations, Brand had various high-profile jobs, the BBC Radio 2 and Channel 4, and as an actor in Hollywood films. Um, it's alleged that Brand would undress in the studio while working as a presenter on BBC Radio 6 Music. Uh, dispatches also said Brand made sexual remarks on air about a newsreader, uh, which he later implied he had been told by BBC production staff to apologize for. Uh, the Sunday Times said the source had told newspaper that a complaint was made to BBC management about an alarming display of aggression and disrespect from Brand. 
This is said to have included Brand throwing objects across a Radio 2 studio and urinating in a bottle in front of staff and guests, including a minor. That's not great. <clears throat> <laughs> that's, uh, that's not Well, great. you know, and of course, you know, you got to remember, this is all, this is the time when like Howard Stern was doing the things he was doing. Oh, don't even get me started on Howard Stern, who's coming out now as some kind of like beacon of, uh, oh, of, yeah. pro, of being proper. I can't believe this guy knows <clears throat> Brown. I can't believe uh, that politician Bober or whatever. How the, like, it's so disgusting. They look like wh whores, dude. I <clears throat> I remember watching your show and you had a chick popping <clears throat> ping pongs out of her vagina on on <laughs> on screen. I'm sorry, there was, dude. There was, there's yeah. Howard, you yeah. are not allowed to be like a beacon of morality, my dude. Okay. <laughs> You 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 started this. You were like the original shock jock. You made yeah. a woman uh, have a, a, a screaming O live on air in the, in the 80s, which is like totally outside the times. Sorry, Howard. You cannot be our <clears throat> our beacon of morality. I'm sorry. Well, and, and that's going to play to to how society looked at things. So you're right. Brian in that case. But now we got to take a look at Russell, you know, Russell Brand's time frame. Now he's kind of acting in these weird Howard Stern kind of ways uh in his workplace. Um as part of a phone conversation broadcast on his radio program, Brand offered to bring a female employee with him to meet Jimmy Seville and agreed at Seville's request that she be naked. Sounds very much like Stern. It sounds almost like he was trying to do a Stern thing because there's a bunch of them here. It's basically that are Howard like this. Stern, right? Yeah. So was Russell like, look, you know, Stern and Stern at one point was the biggest thing on the air, period. So would it surprise you that he would try to do the same? Now, now what's interesting is that Bran has has said that his time, you know, that he didn't do the right thing, didn't say the right things, made a lot of mistakes. So, you know, so there's that to look at. Why? Why do we get into these troubles, Brian? Why do why do these things happen? Um, so in the case of brand or anybody like this, you take a, you take a side today in today's world, you take a side, whether it's culturally or politically, and that inserts you in the war. Now, if you didn't know there's a war going on. Okay. And, uh, you, some people in the middle, they aren't participating, but as soon as you take a side, you're in the war and you're on that side and, and you're pretty much stuck there. Um, now in this war, usually it's people that are opposing the left side, <laughs> <laughs> that are that are being attacked here. Right. Uh, the media usually left the left wing media targets Absolutely. these people and they start to look for things in your past that you might have done that will create outrage today. They're looking for things in the past that will create outrage today. James Gunn tweets, Kevin Hart comments, Dave Chappelle comedy. Right. They try to find these things and say, look at the things that they said in the past and like and, and try to apply that to today's standards. If they can the media will find people willing to speak out against you and convince them with money or moral conviction to do so frequently anonymously. Uh, that's the Stephen. You don't usually watch a show, but Stephen Crowder's show. I saw something the other day where they talked about how very routinely his staff gets called by different newspaper reporters trying to get dirt on Stephen and they'll offer money. Um, and it happens that's very wild. frequently. Yeah. And, and so if it's happening there, how often, you know, um, how desperate is some of this media willing to do anything to get dirt? Right. Let me tell you something, bro. Someone reached out to me and said, 
I'm going to give you money for dirt on Shane. I would tell him immediately. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I would too. And I'd say split it. What do you want to know? <laughs> Let's tell him something. Right? I can make something up. It doesn't matter. Okay. You want me on record? Get the tape recorder. Well, you know, we joke. how much there doesn't matter. Whatever it is, I'll take it. <laughs> well, well, we joke now because, you know, because we're, we're, you know, we're small potatoes and, you know, we're here. We've got, a, we had a small, you know, section of the world that we, and if something bad were to happen, it's not a big deal, but there's people who, who basically rely like Russell Brand now, like essentially, you know, because of the position that he's taken, he's not getting Hollywood gigs. He's got his comedy special, which Paramount Plus just turned off, right? So the question is, is if you find something morally acceptable in the past, okay, which is now reprehensible today, what does that mean? Um, this isn't something we had to deal with in the past because there was very little recorded visually or audibly. So the people like who were popular in the 80s and 90s, you couldn't hold their youth against them because there was no really recorded, nothing happened. You know, we didn't have social media and all these platforms in order to be able to hold people accountable. But today, everything that you once said 10 years ago, 15 years ago, even now 20 years ago, can and will be held against you uh, by people who have enough power to do so. So the question is, should you be punished for things that were normal in the past? What is the statute of limitations on saying you're gay? or stop being retarded, or what was the name of that midget in Wizard of Oz? Like, what is the statute of limitation on you said those things in the past? Because guess what? Everybody said those things. The statute of limitations Everybody. is what, what side of the aisle are you currently serving? Okay, and that's, and that's fair. So let's take sex, for example. Here's the definition of rape. Here you go which you never thought you'd be hearing on this show. But oh, you need an official, But which, by the way, this definition was upgraded recently. Yeah, you know, I gotta tell you, uh, if we weren't throttled before, we are now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just having an honest conversation. <clears throat> so, not and, on YouTube, yeah. you know that. Come on. That's true, but well, you know, so we're yeah. So you have to decide whether you're going to speak honestly, and 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 perhaps something bad happens to you, or or you're going to get in line, and then you'll you'll end up having no no point. Uh, but the definition of rape is the penetration, no matter how slight, of the V and the A with any lower body part or object or oral penetration by a sex organ of another person without the consent of the victim. What constitutes consent? What does constitute consent, Brian? We don't know. Um, a, uh, a written contract. Okay. And well, okay. A, and a video with you holding a newspaper up like a hostage. Okay. So <laughs> that's my thought, right? So today, today I think most people would feel comfortable if the consent was verbal and honestly, like Brian said, I wouldn't be surprised if some guys dating today asked for consent to be recorded because it's her word against your word. If you're a guy for sure, I would have a notary waiting on, <laughs> on retainer. I mean, could it kill the mood? Yes. Uh, you know, but, uh, yeah. Stamp. I mean, quick, quick, hurry up. I have an erection. Come on. <laughs> I mean, this is a slippery slope, though, right? Because I honestly, the situation, it's it's he said, she said. And it's it's really not even that. It's like if anybody in this time of our lives, if somebody claims that you've done something wrong, it's believed. 
Um, you know, it's, it's why you have to be careful. Like I won't even be alone in a, in a, um, somewhere with, with a, with a young lady or somebody, a woman I don't know. I won't even be alone with them, Yeah, you know, because I don't want to be put in a position where somebody can say something. Um, so back in time, if you look back, uh, when, when rape was before this, what it is now, uh, when take a look at the Jodie Foster movie, the accused. Okay. That was, I think the late eighties, early nineties. It was very clear what rape was. Right. You know, um, someone, you know, took you and had their way with you and, and, and there was nothing you could do about it. Okay. But the way sex was initiated 30 years ago could easily be considered rape today by today's standards. The way sex was initiated then is, would be rape. Back then there was a lot of pressure for women to wait for marriage and that it was a sin to have sex. It was, I know, I know religion is dying today. Sorry, Brian. But, um, you know, it, it, the, you know, the, the types of standards that a lot of people had for, for sex have changed now. But back then, you know, wimp girls, like they were afraid of being judged if they had sex, you know, young women. So a heavy makeout session that might end in consensual sex could also end up being a regret immediately following the act, right? A.K.A. Brian Banks. Who? Brian Banks, the guy who's going to be a football player. He got uh, uh, he got accused of rape by a, a high school uh, student, by a high school person. He was in high school. And um, ultimately, he had the choice of whether or not he's going to spend 41 years in prison or, pl- or, or plea out, take a plea deal for five years. He took a right. plea deal for five years completely derailed his entire future. He was a promising football player. Um, derailed the entire thing. It came out that she was lying the entire time. And he, he did get out after four plus years. His entire life is over. She is facing zero repercussions whatsoever. In fact, she even well, schooled the school yeah. district for a, a million dollars. One, and she still got to, she got to keep that money. Well, there are no consequences for people who, you know, for for people who, when the truth ends up not being it, people have moved on. So there's really not many consequences. People, when the story's moved on, the news cycle's changed, they tend to go with it. Um, but let's see. So what I was saying, so, yeah, what I was saying here was, um, so by today's laws, um, so the guys used to say things like, you know, listen, a guy's saying things like, Oh baby, yes, I love you. You know, he's lying through his teeth. You know, basically the guy was just trying to, you know, get laid. Uh, that was pretty typical behavior. Right. Uh, you know, a couple decades ago, two three decades ago. Um, but the sex was consensual by today's standards. Um, it, you know, if a, if a girl changes her mind and says, you know what, I didn't want to have sex. I only had sex because I feel like I was pressured to have sex. Um, and you know, now they it might be considered rape. So as a dude, you got to be extraordinarily careful about, you know, sexual, you know, interactions with women. Um, you know, but what are the statute of limitations on these types of things? So Brian asked that earlier, should there be a statute of limitations? I mean, when you, if you rape somebody like there, I don't think there should ever be a statute of limitations on that. Yeah. But that, that I feel like that's a, a slippery slope though, because now, you know, 20 years later, People can use, uh, say, a semi-public 
um, relationship that you had, now that you have some kind of something to lose, they can use that to pretty much blackmail you and extort you um, because just the accusation alone is enough to completely ruin your life. And that's the problem. That's the problem. The problem is we should be able to survive um, we sh- uh, a, you know, an allegation. Now, it doesn't look good for Russell Brand because he's got four allegations. Where did these come from? It was journalists who spent time, who, was, who opposed Russell Brand's messaging, right? Who decided they were going to go out and dig up dirt on, not hard to do. He's already g- given the dirt up on himself. Right. But they've managed to find four people who had something to say. Now, now why they didn't have something to say uh, years ago, and in the cases of at least one or two of these girls, even after the instance they're talking about, they continued seeing him or dating him. Uh, you know, so that's very suspicious. Um, yeah, hold on. Time. Like, like I'm sorry. You're saying this incident happened at this time. I can, and, and you continue to see and date him for a year. Those should be automatically completely dismissed. You see, right, I, which like, is, I like yeah. how they, 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 they hide the relevant information and they just they, they lead off with whatever is going to be the most inflammatory thing possible. Like the second you the second you you tell me that they stayed together for a while means that person's chart rape chart your their their accusations are probably bullshit. Right. And so it makes you wonder like what's the motivation here? Now all of these women are anonymous. Uh right. their names aren't aren't given up and you know I think if you're willing to make an accusation against somebody, then you need to be willing to have your name put out. I know as a victim. Now, if it happened like recently, you know, maybe that that needs to be given some time. But if this happened 15 years ago and you can't you need to be anonymous when you come out, you know, what are you trying to hide? Now, most of these women, let's let's just be honest here. If the news media hadn't come to them and they did come to them. And, and ask questions and who knows if they were offered money or, or whatever happened, they would, they would likely have never come forward. Right. I don't even remember people from 15 years ago. Like, <laughs> well, you, you might remember, remember relationships. Like when, the when, other day when, I was, uh, I was scrolling through, uh, the TikTok recommended like people to, to follow. Mm-hmm. Like we pulled this from your context, this person, this person, I'm like, who the fuck are these people? I've had my phone for 20 years, so I have numbers in there for people that I don't remember. And they're like, you don't remember uh, uh, um, Jobus Joe, you know, or Smokey Jay? And I'm like, no, who the hell? But did you have sex with Smoking Jay? Let's just like, you know, we got to be honest here for a second. Like, of course uh, you Listen, know. <laughs> that was an accusation. I never. Oh, I, 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 I never. I know. I, yeah, that's that. That was consensual. So, so of this news, so regardless, now, if yeah, Russell, but what, what if there's a girl you met though, and you didn't have sex with her and you make out, made out with her at a concert somewhere after get him to the Greek. And now that person is contract contacted, contacted by a journalist. And she's been bummed out the whole time that you didn't uh, return her call. And now she's like, he made advances toward me and I didn't like, and you, there's no way Imagine and Russell. Imagine Russell Brand, who was he was on heroin at the time, out of his mind. He's like, "Who is this person?" Well, yeah, yeah. In that situation, definitely, you know. But think, I mean, well, here's the thing: is the fact that people think that women aren't capable of that. You're crazy. But 
whether or not they would go public with it. Now that's another thing. So, you know, it's hard to take this. Uh, I mean, a rape charge, you should always be taken seriously. And if a person, you know, the victim of, of it needs to be given the same consideration, but you cannot take just because someone claims that something happened, you can't do what has happened to Russell Brand. And let's go through here. What's happened to Russell Brand. YouTube demonetized him. So they completely right. demonetized him. Now let's ask a question. Will YouTube continue making money off of his off oh. his catalog of videos? Oh, of course. I went I, I got I got an ad served to me on his last video. I'm sorry. They're still making money. They're just not giving him the money he's earning, which is crazy. Yeah, so so they're gonna make all the money. And oh, this yeah. is one of the this is one of the reasons why it's easy for YouTube to demonetize people. They have so many uh, th there's no incentive for them not to like, they're going to continue right. to make money whether or not he's making money or not. You know, us making money is actually better for them. They don't have to share the revenue. Right. So it's like, a, Hey, yeah. Oh, it, but it's, it's against our terms and services Yeah. because we have to, and there's a whole letter from YouTube. I don't think we have the letter, but there's a letter basically saying that he broke the terms and services by, uh, because his behavior outside the platform um, is he's responsible for his behavior outside of the platform, which doesn't give him a voice on the platform. That is now, really convenient. That's right. And we've always said YouTube's terms of services are whatever they want it to be. Right. Like whatever they're, whatever they say it is, that's what it is because they have some clauses in there that basically say they can make it whatever they want. And, you know, so is it fair? You know, do we need to at some point take a look at, you know, the fact that YouTube can just do whatever they want? Um, so should YouTubers whatever. have, uh, protections in place? You know, what do you think? I, I I'm, I'm still, uh, that's, uh, that's, we need to uni unionize the YouTubers. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. Well, and the reason why YouTube can do this is because they have no competition, right? No one is, no one is forcing them to make any changes or do anything different because they're the only game in town. Uh, and if you're over on rumble, that's great, but even rumble hasn't had a chance, but rumble's actually going to come up in this story as well. Uh, because not only did YouTube demonetize him, but the BBC, the, the British government uh, decided they were going to help out. So they sent letters to TikTok, to uh, X Twitter, and also to Rumble. And basically said, uh, we want to know if, uh, if Russell Brand is being monetized. Uh, these are serious allegations. And essentially, in, in a way, kind of said you guys should probably follow YouTube's lead and basically demonetize them. Here, That's I, what essentially what can I show the letter here? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> it is disturbing. It's very, very, very scary. All right. So from a cultural, uh, the culture media and sport committee, I'm writing concerning the serious allegations regarding Russell Brand in the context of his being a content provider on rumble with more than one whatever, whatever. And, and this I, is, by the way, a British parliamentary official committee. This yeah. is the government, okay? Not just, yeah. Right. Yeah. It, this would be like, yeah, it would be like a letter from like White House or something like that. Right. Or from the Congress, right? Right. And it's basically saying, uh, I hope that you can join YouTube in suspending Miss, Mr. Brand's ability to earn money on your platform. We would also like to know... Uh, what Rumble is doing to ensure the creators are not able to use the platform to undermine the welfare of victims of inappropriate and potential illegal behavior. Yeah, a version of this letter 
was sent to all it's, it's, it's a very similar letter that was sent to each one of the social media and I, somebody mentioned Netflix here I would not be surprised if they sent it to this is a targeted attack by his government to make sure that he doesn't have enough money to fight uh, what he's about to fight so the only person we've seen a response from was Rumble do you have that response yes I have that response people? here it is this is a great response because this is what the response should be there's from every the, one of these there's companies. the response that's the <laughs> good old George uh, giving the middle finger. That was pretty much the, the response. You're number one. You're number one committee of the British government that decided to do this. Oh, I'm sorry. Here um, it is. That was great. Thank you for that. Yeah, I know. So I got, I got that up X. Today, we receive an extremely disturbing letter from a committee chair in the UK parliament. While Rumble obviously deploys the deplores sexual assault, rape, and other serious crimes, and believes that both alleged victims and the accused are entitled to a full and serious investigation, it is vital to note that the recent allegations against Russell Brand have nothing to do <coughs> nothing to do with the content on Rumble's platform. Hey YouTube, that's how you respond. Just Right That's there. it. Yeah, it doesn't yes. have anything to do with you. YouTube has nothing to do with you. Has it, nothing. Nothing to no, their their accusations, their their chart, their their criminal issues, their civil issues have nothing to do with the content they're creating on your platform. So why are you even engaging? They went on to say just yesterday, YouTube announced that based solely on these media accus media accusations, it was barring Mr. Brand from monetizing his video content. Rumble stands. For very different values. <laughs> Talk about a backhand slap right there. We have devoted ourselves to the vital cause of defending a free internet, meaning an internet where no one is arbitrarily dictate, uh, no one arbitrarily dictates which mm. ideas can or cannot be heard, or which citizens may or may not be entitled to a platform. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what the answer should be. And it's why uh, you got to respect Rumble. I think we're, are we on Rumble? We are. We are. So, you know, we and are back, there. If you're watching on Rumble, hit that Rumble button. Hit it good. <laughs> I don't even know what, I always hear people say that. Hit the Rumble button. Whatever you the know, Rumble I, button is, you hit it. Yeah, I mean. We mirror all of our content on Rumble. That's what you, I mean, that's what you want from from a platform. Now, now if. If Russell Brand comes out, you know, he there's charges and he's, you know, convicted and and, a, and the courts say that he's done some things that he shouldn't have done, then then maybe uh, you know, demonetizing him and doing all those things is is appropriate. Yeah. Um because when you're employed somewhere, when you get in trouble by the law, you can be held accountable at your at your work as well. Yeah. Um and YouTube should be looked at more as a as a work. I know that, that they don't look at themselves as employers. They look at people as partners, um, you know, but there should be some sort of responsibility to partners. I think, you know, there should be something for the other partner. You know, do we, do we enter in some sort of agreement? No, the agreement is, is you guys are going to create content. You're going to put your entire life. Russell Brand's going to create content almost daily so that both you, Russell Brand and us, YouTube, Google can earn money. And then when we're tired of you or we decide we don't like you no more, we're going to kick you to the curb. That doesn't seem very fair. No, it's no, it's not at all. <laughs> but that's yeah. how it works. So yeah, I guess they, go build your own platform. Yeah, well, I, the people that say that, by the way, drive me nuts. 
Yeah, if you don't like it, you can just mm. go build your own platform. Yeah, we're trying to. Rumble tried tried to. And by the way, the second they did and they put their own rules into place, what happened? Google Play Store, Apple Store, they all said, you better play by our rules or you won't exist here. Same right. with Twitter, which already were on that was already on these platforms. The second Elon Musk took, took over and took off the uh, shackles from free speech, they started they started throwing around the um, threat of removing him from play stores. So you can build your own platform, but that doesn't mean you're going to be on the the Apple Apple Store and the Google Play right. stores. Which, by the way, if you are not on these things as a as a content platform, it I don't see how you possibly survive. You have to have billions and billions of dollars just to maintain, create and maintain these kind of things. And then in addition to creating and maintaining that kind of a website and platform, you also have to be able to be marketed. And when the, when the entire system is pretty much owned by like two different play stores, if you were not on those play stores, you're in trouble. And guess what? Those play stores, they make decisions in tandem as if they're not competing. They'll be like, you know what? Yeah, you're going to remove that one. We're going to remove it too. Like what, what is happening? I don't well, get it. It makes, me, it makes me wonder how confident the, the British government can feel to be able to put out these letters, which openly, like they're, they're on their website. You can, like you can, they're like, no, no, we're, we're definitely going to try to shut him down. And we want everyone to know, like in, in the United States, if, if, if Congress were to call, send a letter to Twitter trying to get Joe Rogan uh, demonetized because somebody said he was, you know, you know, wading in his swimming pool naked or whatever, you know, uh, I can promise you that that Americans would freak out because it's not how it works. Now, would the government like secretly call somebody they know and try to go behind doors they to did. get it happen? No, Absolutely. they did that. No, no, no. They did that. It's public. The tw- When the Twitter files came out after Elon took over and just basically threw the doors open, right? it was a fact that parts of the actual the executive branch there was uh, members of the executive branch members of the fbi uh contacted uh, and worked with twitter to remove and silence people that they thought were problematic that that and is a that's fa- i'm not that's not conspiracy theory guys that that was that's on the record that's Which, how america works that is crazy um, you know right. what and, you know what? at least at least parliament or whatever is doing it you know to your face well, Jesus. that's the thing is the reason why they're doing it. The reason why they're doing it secretly is because it's not it's 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 illegal to do that. It's wrong to do that. They're not supposed right. to do that, which which is part of the problem. You know, I think as human beings, we all live in in societies and we live in communities um, and we really take freedom for granted, like to be free like free to make your own choices and to do the things. It means something different for different people, but there's a really great, great quote. I want to leave with you you guys with, because we're going to move on to another topic unless Brian has something else about it. Uh, The quote is for to be free is not merely to cast off one's chains, but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. If you're on a political side, like say the political left or the political right, and you are want you know, freedom, equality for whatever you believe in, 
you cannot disrespect other people's freedom for the sake of your own freedom because then we are not free. Thank you, Nelson Mandela, for that quote. Yeah, and I don't want I don't want to undermine that amazing quote, but we do have a couple of super chats. Um, Good in the members section on our uh, Prime channel, which you could be a member of for the low low price of less than a cup of coffee. But <laughs> this true. from John Burns. Um, also, John Burns, uh, you asked more. Uh, do you remember your wedding is more than fifteen years, right? Yes, it's actually we are. I'm going on twenty years of marriage, so um, I don't. Mine remember. is fifteen. Actually, this year is fifteen. I barely remember my wedding without without wedding photos. I wouldn't. I, I briefly remember my best man holding me down and trying to shave my balls. And it was in Mexico. So and it was in Mexico and like the heat didn't work <laughs> and like it was a disaster. And there was like a donkey. I mean, I, there was a I'm donkey so show going on. Like, like I'm not joking. There was a donkey show going on like next door to my wedding. You know, <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> That's what I want to hear more about that. We want to hear more about that in the member section. Thank yeah. You. Well, yeah, I'll tell you more about the donkey show in the member section. So this Thanks. is from John Burns. Uh, I can't put this on screen. It's not working. Dang it. Well, this is what he says. Let's not forget Bill Cosby and the 25, 50 <laughs> accusations. accusations. Yeah. Um, well, they, they, yeah, they eventually let him out. Yeah. Jail. You know, what's weird about that too is and in, in no way am I defending uh, Bill Cosby. Um, I'm not, but I just find it very odd that they, they all happened at like the same time, like 25 years I, later. I, no, I think there's a, there, I think there's a very real, um, thing that happens when one person comes forward, it makes other people feel more comfortable to come forward. I can see how a landslide works of, you know, if somebody did that because he was an extraordinarily powerful comedian. So, right. you know, it, and, and if he was doing the things that, that he, like, if he was roofing people, like knocking them out and then having sex with them, I mean, like, like Jesus, like that is so bad and so wrong. Would you like some you know? pudding? <laughs> I can't even look at look at I love I I love the man growing up. It's hard to even think. Honestly, I just try to keep it out of my mind because it's so disgusting and awful. Yeah, I so. just uh every time I I think about it, I think about him in that um uh in like uh I think of it as a comical thing where he's trying to spike pudding and he's in like the in mm. like the colored, you know, vest instead of like what probably is a maniacal villain. Right. Well, yeah, it's like, you know, when you think of Bill Cosby doing that stuff, you think anybody's capable of anything. <laughs> right. Like, like once that happens, like, oh, my God, you know, Super Chat also from Rec Thoughts. Please tell me you caught the Tim Ballard accusations in context of and timing with brands. I did. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot. I, I forgot about talking about that. But yes, Tim Ballard is the guy who created uh, or the a re the real life. uh I guess person that they showed in Sound of Freedom, like the inspiration for the character in mm -hmm. Sound of Freedom, and um, I guess people are that he's starting to get his own accusations, and he denied a report he left mm -hmm. that he left Operation Underground uh, Railroad organization amid multiple claims of sexual misconduct. Uh, one where I guess a female employee was acting as wife on an on, on like a. Uh, undercover you know mission and i guess she didn't like that so again i don't i do not know how to look at any of this without more i know that there is 100 percent a deep hate toward people like tim ballard 
and Russell Brand. And I know that that deep hate, sometimes people will say, I hate this person so much. They're, they are so evil that mm. even if I do evil things toward them, it's righteous right. because they're evil. <clears throat> yes, that's and, that's 100% true. And the second you realize that there are people that believe uh, that they can fake, like say they fake a sexual accusation or they, you know, they go out of their way to destroy this person, even if it destroys the fabric of our justice system or completely uh, ruins the uh, lessens the the actual victims of sexual assault. They don't care because in their minds, Tim Ballard, Russell Brand, Joe Rogan, Stephen Crowder, Tim Pool, Donald Trump, you know, start naming people here. These people to, to, to them are evil. They're evil and they're doing such they're doing such damage to the fabric of our society that we cannot do any evil toward them. And we can do whatever we want to make sure that we remove their ability to speak because yeah. they're so bad. They think that they're, a lot of these people think they're righteous. They, no, they think they're righteous the, the problem. same way a terrorist <laughs> thinks they're righteous when they're blowing up a building. It's the same well, concept. And, and the problem is, is that about 90% of the media is like this. So about 90% of the media think that they're on the side of, you know, they, they look at it as a good versus evil thing. And it's a whole deeper conflict and trouble. So we can probably talk about this all day, but, um, you know, it's it's disturbing what happened. I, I mean, the guy from Bar, Barstool Sports uh, just saw something on him where he actually has some sort of pizza uh, event he does every year. He's like some big get together and a journalist actually sent letters to his sponsors saying, you know, do you have a comment about, you know, why you want to support this awful misogynist person? And it was like, like the, I think the New York times or the New York post or something like that was actually reaching out to his advertisers. He got the email from one of his advertisers that they sent and he called the lady right. who was trying to do this to him and said, Hey, I'm, I'm Dave Portnoy. Uh, I heard you wanted to, do you want to ask me questions or something? You were trying to get me like, you know, get all my sponsors removed. What are you doing? And he totally caught her off guard. And it just shows that, you know, you're right. They're willing to do, they look at him as probably evil. Right. And they're willing, everything is justified when you're trying to win a war against evil. And the first thing we need to figure out is look, somebody having a different opinion than, than us does not make that person evil. It just means they have a different opinion. Move on. Yeah. Move on. If it's a different, if it's a different opinion, Jesus, like, well, how did, how did all of a sudden words be, make, make someone a supervillain? Yeah. On that Lauren, the Lauren mm. Bobert thing, I looked into that too. That I don't, was disturbing. I don't know. By the way, I don't know anything about Lauren. Lauren I Lauren, saw the video. I don't know anything about her. I don't know anything about her politics. Uh, up until recently, I had no idea who she was, but I'll tell you this. Um, she's on, she's not in like the chambers of like the house of reps. She is on her off time, hanging out with, with one of her Johns or whatever, a date. And she's, this is her off time. I don't know why we are just like trying to land bass this person. Well, it was pretty bad. I saw the video and but she's in like a, she's in like a dark theater. No, well, I got to sexual they, with, with a date. They came, right? they came multiple times and told her to knock it off and she just kept doing it. So the, the like the ushers came and I don't know. They're like, I don't, it just seems like, yes. Okay. It's so pretty, 
it's really, you know, like talk about picking your moment. Like what the, what, what's wrong with you that a, you're like, you know, letting some guy feel you up in, in a, like during a, during a Beetlejuice play. You know, was that what it was? Beetlejuice. It was. It was was very. I guess Beetlejuice is so hot. I. You just can't keep going through a divorce or whatever. I gotta take my wife to see Beetlejuice. She won't be able to keep her hands off me. (laughs) Well, it was. It was frankly disturbing. I um, I only looked into it because the Howard Stern thing is. Howard Stern was like, I can't believe this. You know, she's dressed like a whore watching Beetlejuice. I'm like, wait a minute. I I listened to Howard Stern. Didn't you? Didn't you have? A handicapped African American dwarf named Beetlejuice on your show that you would constantly humiliate for the pleasure of others. Yeah. What are you talking about? Even I back then, at like eighteen years old, was like, "Oh, this is too much, bro." <laughs> I think they're all idiots, to be honest with you. They're all idiots, and I got to tell you, um, if you're a politician and you're not like minding your p's and q's, then you're an idiot. So. Yeah, I don't know anything about the the woman. I just thought it was like listening to Howard Stern get all self righteous about her was like what she's a representative of Colorado. So oh, whatever. Anyways, let's move on from this to something everybody wants. She's to probably talk about. high because I'm pretty sure it's legal there, right? Well, she was vaping during the show. Yeah, but, she was like, yeah, it was, probably, yeah it was probably weed. We don't know what was in it, but yeah, so. <laughs> could have been. All I know uh, is I'm taking my wife to see Beetlejuice as soon as I get a chance. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to work as well for you because it was the guy onto her. So maybe, you know, ah, it's guy, not. so he was turned on by the black and white striped, uh, weird, weird looking de- demon or whatever. <laughs> A ghost with the most baby. My, Michael Nemo um, has one more super chat regarding this before you move on. Uh, how can they investigate Russell Brand, but not the Epstein client? Oh, well, that's, that's, that's the, that's, that's the problem I with the know. media. Like, how can you, how can one, the media, because, well, here's how there's 90% of the media is on one side and very small percentage on the other. So when something happens that's against their side, they just ignore it. Whether it's Epstein, whether it's uh, Joe Biden's son, Hunter, like like, that was such the most juicy media stuff. They finally started like attacking him, but it was like way late and after the elections. Right. So, I mean, you know, that's the way it works. Um, They're not going to, it's a war guys. Like we said in the beginning, they don't know it, but they're in the middle of a war and the war needs to end. Okay. It's nobody's going to win this war. So everybody's a loser. So moving on from this topic, I want to leave you guys with this. (laughs) He was the last guy who didn't want power. You know, it's funny. You go back like George Washington, like could have been the king. Yeah, no, like, they were like, oh, you're no. going to be king of America, right? And he's like, no, 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 no. I, we need we need term limits on this. shit. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, look, you know, we in order in order for this thing to work, you have to have the successful transition of power. And he's he's the guy who started it very easily could have ended up the same way. Just that, another uh, monarchy. Right. Yeah. Just another monarchy. And so you got to got to give it up to George. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure that they, they, they want to remove a bunch of like George Washington statues now. Now though. Oh, they always, yeah, of course. Right. They, yeah. People don't know. I say we just remove all statues everywhere and then make all make statues illegal because I'm just so tired of this damn argument. I don't care just, anymore. No, don't make, we should make all statues. Illegal. And you know what? We no, should, we should problem. also, we should jail and or hang any person who makes statues. What are they called? What are those artists called? A sculptor? Sculptors <laughs> should be illegal. 
I don't know. It's so stupid. Mm. I'm saying stupid yeah. things because it's so stupid. Well, you so, live in a stupid culture, sir. So Amen to so. that. All right, but let's move on to something less stupid and more interesting, uh, hopefully, and that is uh, Star Trek, right? Uh, nice little I mean, Star Trek roundup here for you. I watched the Star Trek short treks recently. Mm. Pretty stupid. <laughs> Wait, you rewatched them all? No, no, I watched the most recent one. It was oh, the new one. Oh, the new. Oh, yeah, it was for pretty, the new. Pretty stupid. It was pretty well, stupid. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say any of those short treks were that great to begin with. So, um, we are going to talk about some Star Trek stuff today. We're going to talk about our uh, the ranking video. We we came out with the definitive list of Star Trek series. Uh, we took um, basically input from all over the planet, uh, hundreds of of sites who've ranked them, plus hundreds, of, well, thousands and thousands of people who've uh, fans, and we got there. We got the numbers. We know exactly who it is it's in our video. We're going to share how we got those results with you today. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, Jonathan Frakes. Um, he decided uh, he's doing Discovery season five. He called it like Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> so we're going to see what John is Discovery Season 5 is like Indiana Jones. Like, wait, 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 wait. Well, wait. At first, yeah, yeah. Is it at the first, last Indiana Jones? Last, or, <laughs> right, I'm like, what are you doing here, Frank? Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, are you going to are you gonna resurrect Kirk and then have uh, Sneakle Martin Green uh, beat the shit out of him <laughs> on screen? Is that what, is that what you're going to do? <laughs> is that what's about to happen here? Uh, but, of course, he's directing a large portion of Discovery Season 5, so, of course, he's going to be very positive about it. He is also bittersweet on Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I thought it was very interesting why he would be bittersweet about Strange New Worlds. And we're going to look at that. And, of course, Roxanne Dawson, who you remember as Bolana on Voyager, on why she doesn't direct Star Trek. And so we're going to talk about that. Brian. The caramel-colored Klingon. The <laughs> Wait, is she? Caramel-colored, right? Wasn't she the same color as all Klingons? No, no. She has, like, a very soft... Uh... Skin. The best thing about Bolana was her skin tone because her attitude mm. was was crap. Well, she's a Klingon. Give you can you can forgive her uh, or half Klingon. Um, so, can you pull up our video so we can talk about this? If you guys haven't had a chance to go see it yet, go over to the Podcast Prime channel where you can become a member and join us after this video to talk uh, about uh, Brian's when he got his ball shaved. I guess we're going to talk for about the low that. low um, price. <laughs> Of half it's, a Starbucks cup of coffee. It's two dollars ninety nine cents to be a member uh, for a month, and uh, so please join us over there to talk about that. But also on that channel is the most recent video we put out, which is the uh, the fans have spoken, the definitive list of all Star Trek series ranked. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to go see that, please go take a look. Uh, we won't spoil it here. I guess the whole thing. Um, but the what did you think of the of the rank list, Brian? Not ours, but like the official one that came out. What did you think of like how that worked out? Uh, yeah, I think that <clears throat> I thought it was a really cool way that you did that. Um, so what Shane did, and I'm going to make it as simple as possible to understand, is he went to hundreds of sources. In fact, we actually list them here. Um, and in these in these hundreds of sources, they you know what you've seen all those polls online or the list from you know, uh, entertainment weekly or whatever. And they always rank their, it's like their, you know, ranking for Star Trek uh, shows. And we went and we scraped every one of these, of these, um, these articles and these, these lists and these fan polls and all that. 
and we applied a score to it, basically. And I love the way you did that because a score, uh, like an actual number, say <clears throat> the animated series, I believe, was like uh, 4,825 or something like that. Um, that gives it like a real number that you can actually base a list off of. So it's it's a really cool way, almost a scientific method, of determining yes. the average across every one of these websites, every one of these articles and polls, et cetera, et cetera. And that score gives it an actual number, almost a scientific number of saying this is the average. So according well, to yeah. all these places over the last three years, this website scores this, which puts it at in, in this particular ranking out of the top 11. Yeah, and I think what was cool about having a number, um, and I guess we, we want you to go watch the video, but um, but we could probably show you too. The, the thing about giving it a number was, you know how far like one is from two. Like you, you, not only do we know what like the ranking is of, of all 11 shows, and of course you've got TNG, DS9, TOS, you know, Voyager, Strange New Worlds, Lower Decks, Picard, Enterprise, Discovery, Prodigy, and the animated series from TOS. And it, what's cool about our list is like if you if you go to any ranking, they'll be like, okay, well, you know, the original series, number four, right? You know, DS9, number three, whatever. You don't know like how far number four was from number three. So right. we figured that out. We figured out like how much more popular right. was that. And I thought that was pretty cool, um, you know, to kind of figure. It was fun to figure out. And I was kind of surprised by some of the results, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, I was surprised Discovery wasn't way higher. <laughs> why? No, I, I'm sorry. Not because I like Discovery. Sarcastic? No, no, no. I'm saying with all these like sort of uh, very sort of left leaning uh, websites that did these polls. Oh, I see. You would see. expect Discovery, which is like the their baby. To have been higher, but for some reason, Discovery consistently, and not just like Archmage made a joke. I was shocked the podcast with Discovery is second best. We did not, but <laughs> we're going to show you ours in a second. I was expecting, I was honestly expecting when you had actually averaged this all out for Discovery to be like at least like four or five because the, because hmm. we're using, we're not, these aren't our sources. We're using hundreds of media sources, which are generally left wing right also we used polling from from not only here but also from the science fiction convention yep, so we, we actually had but here's the thing is like can anybody with a serious face say that discovery is like better than tng i mean it, it's just you i mean i get what you're saying but like i dude have you ever spent any time on the star trek subreddit if, if you spent any time on that subreddit you would assume that the 180,000 people currently sitting there right now reading the active members, you would assume Discovery is the best thing that to ever be made. Well, that's what makes this great. And if you criticize Discovery for a second in that subreddit, you are nuked from orbit. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. So um, I think what we can do is in the member section, I think we'll actually show you the list here. Um, but we won't show the official list right now. We, we would like you to go watch the video if you haven't or come over to be a member. But we will show you how we ranked it. Yes. Right? Can we sh Do we have that little... Uh, yeah. Little I was... I, like I said, you guys got to go watch that because I was shocked at how the official ranking... And that's another thing, too. A lot of people are... Uh, we're going to have to talk about the comments because a lot of people are thinking like, 
Uh, oh, we should pull those up. We should pull those up. What are you guys talking about? Uh, um, the, how can these possibly be definitive ranking? Like, these are your opinions. I'm like, how are you talking? No, it's, not our it's like they don't understand. They didn't watch the, did they yeah, not they, watch the video? Yeah, and like they were getting confused by... They were getting confused by by the two separate um, numbers. Uh, not many people did. Oh, like one or two people. Nah, I saw like at least did. seven comments. Well, I don't know. Which was, which I, was I really disconcerting. By the way, yeah, the video you're watching, we're called the Popcast. Yeah, I, I think that's part of the problem. Is like, who the fuck are these Popcast guys? <laughs> we're the ones doing the video. <laughs> so yeah, I understand if you're confused. It's but the that's, title of the our ranking. channel, dude. So this was <laughs> our <laughs> ranking. Um, no, 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 no. Well, okay, yeah. But show, you should show. Anyway, this, this, is, this was our general ranking, okay? This, so, is, this is our joint ranking. Yeah, so Shane and I took our list, and we averaged mm -hmm. our, our numbers, and this this is what it, we came up with. Uh, Voyager 1, TNG 2, Discovery 11. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Okay, no, <clears throat> on both of our lists, Discovery, we actually, I actually forgot to list Discovery as an option. <laughs> Um, and here's our individual rankings here. Yeah. And so I had to like average us out. Right. So I, I preferred, I preferred enterprise and then Voyager, then TNG, TOS, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, Shane preferred, uh, Voyager, TOS, TNG. This is why Voyager, we got number one because for us. Yeah. Yeah. Because of how high it ranked for both. And then I love this, uh, you would think that Discovery would be 11 on here, right? Except for I liked Lower Decks. <laughs> you see this? Yeah. 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 Good point. Well, so I liked Lower yeah. Decks and you liked the animated series. So even though I hated the animated series and you hated Lower Decks, because we ranked them so high, Discovery just got pushed all the way down to the bottom. It's funny. But yeah, you're right. Because Discovery, you know, like I my first rule is like star trek needs to be should be a serious show it's not a comedy it's just the way i feel about it and so that's why lower decks ended up at the bottom for me but there's some people who question my picard rate ranking and uh here's why i ranked picard as number four because season three in my opinion by itself is better than all the shows below it and so for that reason, I ranked it that high. Now, if I were to actually take seasons one and two, which I like to pretend never actually happened. Um, if you take seasons one and two with three, it probably would drop it down somewhere near. Yeah. Prodigy. Probably. Yeah, I put uh, I put Picard underneath DS9 because you have to. T you told me you can't just take into account season three. I did say that. Did I? Oh, I did tell you that, didn't you I? You did. I said, well, listen, <laughs> if you ignore right. seasons one oh, no, and no, two. No, no, then... no, no, no. I didn't tell you that. You wrote Picard season three. And you didn't write Picard. You said Picard season three. I'm like, well, you can't just put Picard season three. But I guess what you were doing is rating it on season three. Right. So when I, I took into account that the other two seasons, it it the first <laughs> two seasons removed so much. It's yes. ridiculous. And to be fair, I actually had a really hard time with those with the top rankings like the only reason lower decks ranked so high for me is because you asked me as i was finishing an episode of lower decks <laughs> and i'm gonna well, be honest is... with you whatever i'm watching at the time that i'm enjoying it sort of takes like precedent over everything else in my mind 
like now that it's been a week and I haven't seen the newest episode of Lower Decks, I feel like I would have probably dropped Lower Decks down. Uh, at, oh, I see, probably yeah. below Picard now. Definitely ahead of Strange New Worlds, but below Picard. Um, because the because I I don't want to discount the the Berman era or the legacy era of Star Trek. I think it's and, and this is really difficult that you asked me to rank Voyager, TNG, TOS, DS9. The thing is, I have to I have to take the those four things, uh, excluding Enterprise, and go what. What which one did I like better? And I watched mm. them at different points in my life. And the reason DS9 is low on that mm. list because DS9 I took the least serious. But TOS I watched when I was younger, and I watched all the movies when I was younger, and then I really got into the series. But then Voyager was like that was my young teen years, and that really stuck with me. And then Enterprise when I was a young adult. So for me, because the last two things. Uh, Voyager and Enterprise were like my the two things that I was able to focus on entirely week to week and not have to rewatch later on. Those became my top two. But to be fair, they're all really close to each other in in quality because they all they all mm. offer something completely different. They're all yeah. so different. Like honestly, TOS, as cheesy as some things are in TOS, there's some really good first off, uh the costumes. Whoever can invented the costumes from those ladies. <laughs> God bless you. You, you. you like those skirts, huh? I love the skirts. But then additionally, I, I like the, I, the the relationships between Spock, Kirk, and Bones is so special that I, to this day, like even with Enterprise, even with Voyager and TNG, I don't feel like I ever fully captured that relationship again. In fact, with Picard, it was almost like the relationship almost was wooden where the captain wasn't really involved as much. You knew he loved them, right. but he was sort of standoffish Voyager. There was more of a connection, but because of their, their situation, they really couldn't have the same com- brotherhood that, that they had in TOS. So I never really got to capture that again. When DS nine first started in my mind, I thought, Oh, we're going to get, you know, uh, this sort of, uh, 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 almost like wild, wild West Federation feel, and you know, with this with this camaraderie that's going to come from that, and instead, you know, half the characters were to me totally unlikable, and the other half were great. But the unlikable ones, when like every other episode was based on a bunch of unlikable characters that I hated, um, it was very difficult for me. I hated the wormhole aliens. I didn't like Kira very, Kira very much. I hated the Doctor with a passion. I loved. I love. Uh, oh, you didn't like Julian? No. I love Garrett or whatever his name was. I love Odo. I love Quark. I love some of these characters, but when entire episodes were based on characters that I literally to this day can't stand, it was hard for me to rank it. And well, it might have been the time the I was watching it. it. For me, it was the Bajoran uh, religious stuff. Um, I, I DS9 was, was actually a, a great series to watch, but it got so bogged down and, and I didn't quite, like the fact that I had to watch every week in order to follow it, you know, um, Garrick. I liked being able to, sorry, Gar- Garrick, Garrick yeah, was Garrick. his name. I said his name. He was, Garrick was great. I liked was, that character a lot. Yeah. But you know, DS nine was one of these shows that if you missed, especially after the first couple seasons, if you missed an episode, you were a little lost. Yeah. And, uh, the way TV worked back then, um, if you missed it, you were screwed. 
until it came back uh, in reruns. Right. So it was a little bit harder, a little more, you know, and, and also it was a little more. Um, and I missed a lot of the episodes. Like I would finally go to see an episode and like they're flying like a a, a, a ship, a, a sail ship in space. And I'm like, what happened? <laughs> what well, yeah, I, and you were, and, I mean, you were a real I mean, you were when that when DS9 came out, you were probably, you know, you were young. Yeah, I was so, young. I was like 10 or 11, you know. So yeah, you were. Even, I watched. I watched all my Star Trek at like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and it was a little more negative. You know, the thing about DS Nine was it looked more at a little bit. It was not a very hopeful show. No. And and in me, Star Trek, I'm, I want to be inspired by Star Trek, and so that's why you'll see a lot of the shows where you're being inspired. You know, for example, Voyager. I'm on a rewatch of Voyager right now, and the reason it's number one on my list is because there is an emotional connection uh, that Janeway has after going through and really watching the episodes again, I'm like really keyed into like this emotional connection that, that Janeway has that really none of the other captains have. Um, you know, you have Kirk, you know, who cares about his ship and, and his, and his outrage that things don't happen. Of course, you know, you know, Picard is the, is a beacon of his character and, you know, right. in his belief system. But, Janeway cares so much um, that it's hard for that not to like infiltrate every part of the show when you really watch it. And, you know, I remember that year of hell when like it was her birthday and Chakotay made her like replicate, replicated a watch. Right. And she was like, we don't got, we don't, we don't have the resources for this. Throw it back in the replicator. Yeah. I remember feeling his pain, but also her resolve. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of that throughout. And there's, there's so many episodes where her, you know, they made her actually hold back her emotions. If you go back and look at the stuff in Voyager, they made her they made her reshoot a lot. Said too emotional, too emotional. But I would argue, looking at it now, that that I feel like there's more of a sense of I feel like I'm stuck out there in the Delta Quadrant with them, and I really feel that show as much as I love TNG. And TNG right. sets the stage for everything and is right. the, is incredible episodes. There are more episodes of TNG I don't really care for than of Voyager episodes. And, um, you know, that's kind of where, where we stand on this. So, yeah. Um, one more thing about DS nine though, is I'll, I will admit that I think they had like the best villains. Like DS nine. Yeah, yeah. DS nine. They had the best villains. They did. Um, I just never connected as much to a lot of the well, characters the, better than the Borg. What? I mean, <clears throat> I mean the Borg as like a force of nature is a cool villain, but like, um, the individual characters. I know. Yeah, like the, the what's that Cardassian's guy name? I always forget his name. He was great. Uh, oh, the guy starts with the D. The guy who was the like the leader of the Cardassians. Dem- yeah, d- something with a D. Anyways, he was awesome. And Ducat? then, um, uh, du- yeah, Dupont, not Dupont. I'm like, I can't remember. No, Dupont was it Dupont? Dupont. I'm forgetting his name. Um, and then Jeffrey uh, Combs is in that too. Yeah. Uh, well, he's in. He was also in an episode of Voyager. I saw. Was he really? Yeah, he was. Uh, he played a uh, the episode where the doctor is like this singer, and they got this advanced alien civilization who's basically looking down at the humans until they hear the doctor sing, and then That's they become awesome. obsessed with him. Yeah, yeah. Jeffrey Combs was in DS Nine, and I remember. I remember oh, I'm on- sorry, he's not in the episodes. Uh, my bad. He's. Not, I watched several episodes. He's in uh, the one where he's in the one where the Rock is actually fighting seven and seven of nines. Oh, it. really? Yeah, he's actually the guy who's, who steals them. That's awesome. 
Um, yeah, he was in a, a bunch of. He played a lot of characters, by the way, in DS Nine. He did. Yeah. So the thing about like DS Nine is, I am such a Jeffrey Combs simp that it's hard not to like a lot of episodes of DS Nine because Jeffrey Combs is such a, a stud. So Michael Nemo has a super chat for us. He gives us his ranking here. Can you share that, Brian? Um, I can. Thanks for the super chat, Michael Nemo. Thank you, Michael Nemo. Here, I will share it this way. Um, This is what he wrote. Number one, TOS. Number two, DS9. Number three, TNG. Number four, Enterprise. Number five, Picard Season 3. (laughs) (laughs) Completely ignore uh, one and two. Number six, Animated. Number seven, Voyager. Number eight, There Is No Trek After This. (laughs) Respect, buddy. Respect. Nice, nice list. Yeah. That's fair. TOS was my number one. For years and years and years, and it probably is my number one in my heart. It's hard. I mean, Brian and I did a list a couple of years ago, and TOS was my number one. But I've really got this connection with Voyager right now. I don't know exactly what it is. Maybe it's a time in my life. I'm not sure. But I can really feel. I love that Janeway just, you know, it's such a test. It's a testament to, like, like the captain trying to maintain the Starfleet ideals, which are already difficult to, like, maintain in the Alpha Quadrant. But to have to do it when you're, like, you know, at death's door every week. Right. You know, and to try to maintain those ideals and also have your crew maintain those ideals. It's just like, holy crap, man. No, oh, yeah, you're right. Um, someone said, uh, biggest question is that what if you include Stargate SG one Atlantis and universe in this list? Stop it. You're going to break Brian's brain. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't know how to rank them. Uh, for me, Stargate, Stargate is uh is my is my 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 wife. It's my my baby. Honestly, I I can rank it. I can do it. It would go Voyager, TNG, TOS, SG one. That's how it go for me. I can guarantee you this: SG one would be top four, no matter what. Yeah. And I can't tell you where it would be off the top of my head. I mean, it's SG one's great, and when you're watching it, you know. I mean, you know, SG One is sort of like TOS in a way. Like you have, like these connections between the commander and his crew, and they go on missions. It's a very similar vibe to Star Trek. Same way, like it's very episodic in its way, except for instead of a teleporter, they're going through mm-hmm. a gate. Same concept. Yeah, uh, Hiroshi the dog with a super chat here, uh, ten pounds. Thank you so much for ten euros. Uh, Wayun was a great villain. And I hope Commander Shran was lost, frozen, and will reappear in Legacy Trek. Yeah, those oh my were great. Gosh. All, all uh, great characters played by Shran is my was one of my favorite all time characters out of all sci fi. I love that character so much. Every time he showed up, oh hello, pink skin. Like every <laughs> single time, it just that's probably his best one. Like the second you the second you saw Shran, you're like, this is gonna be a good episode. Such a great character. How great would it be if if uh you know you know he doesn't have to be lost or frozen? What if he was like he just played like hid the son of Shran or the grand or the ancestor mm. of Shran? Right? That'd be cool. Yeah. Right? We need more Andorians in this show. I hate the fact that we got Hammer for freaking 2.5 episodes before they murdered him. Yeah, and Wei Yun from DS9 was very cool as well. So, yeah. 
Um, thank you for that. Appreciate the, the super chat. Michael Nemo uh, also said uh, another super chat. He said, I could never get into the Borg after having watched Cybermen on Doctor Who since the 60s. Oh, that is a good point. That's a good yeah. point. They are similar. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's take a look at some of these other Star Trek uh, things we got here to talk about. Oh, we got another super chat from No Money G. I don't want to miss it. For $10. Thank you, No Money G. I was triggered. From those new short treks, what a disgrace. Star Trek is now slapstick comedy and bad at it. What mm. happened to thought-provoking and serious content It's made for idiots? This is my problem. I cannot stand Star Trek that's not... It's not supposed to be funny. I mean, I mean, I guess there's a place for it, but it's just in my heart. I can't, I can't enjoy it. Yeah. My mom is enjoying Strange New Worlds. Like, she sent me a text saying, I'm watching Strange New Worlds and I'm loving it. I can't believe kink Klingon singing. And I, I don't have the heart to tell my mom, God, mom, please. I don't, <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm yeah. glad you like it is what I told her. I'm There's something that you. really like, uh, strange that, that what's that rap, something star date Rhapsody what Rhapsody. Yeah. Star, well, the thing is, is, what is it called? Uh, subspace no, Rhapsody, subspace Rhapsody, but take a look. If you watch our video that, that goes through it, uh, see where strange new worlds lands. And that will tell you, that that is very very revealing as far as to the potential future of star trek and i would have told you maybe before this that star trek's going to have a difficult move forward without something like legacy right but um you know we may be experiencing and i hate to say this we might be experiencing the same thing that a lot of tos fans experienced when tng came along and they were like nah screw this show right and but tng took off without anyways so yeah we got uh, another super chat from connor aurora uh, aurora or aroya help me with that last name thank you connor for two dollars he says q is my aroya. thank you q is my nominee for the best star trek character ever oh that's gonna mm. be on the list oh my gosh yeah we we gotta do that list the best star trek characters i don't know that's but, gonna be hard to rank the, like, like we can like, no there's other people. There's people who've done it, so we can compile the whole thing. Mm, all right. I've seen. I've seen lists like that. Best characters. We can do like. Actually, we can do. You know, a th like try to do this global because we can do a lot of like um, polling to get people's uh, things. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, that I great. like the idea of like defend like using this system that you came up with to definitively just like show mm. as of this date, this is the score. Mm across all these across all these sources and all these networks and all these polls that firmly puts these specific movies or TV shows or characters whatever in this ranking that that, yeah. that that way instead of having to like try to find a lot of people try to find lists that like fit their confirmation bias but right that's not way that's not that, that's not the way it works here it works here this is yeah. scientific <laughs> yeah yeah when 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 like sci-fi you know, dot com or whatever puts out a list. Like whose list is it? It's the guy writing sci-fi right. the list. Like it's his list. Well, it's I've not. seen some of these where they 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 poll their office, right? So like Entertainment mm -hmm. Weekly had polled the people in their office to get the list. Mm -hmm. Um and that's fine, but yeah, it's fine. But it's not that's not scientific. Now, it's if true. you take all those lists and all yes. the community polls yeah, and Reddit yeah. polls and Twitter polls and Facebook group polls, mm -hmm. you take all of them. You you do what you did. 
you have this massive spreadsheet full of all these stupid lists and you apply a, a, a point system to every ranking and then have the, the system literally calculate the number that that show gets. That is how you do a list. That yeah, right there. Cool. So we'll, we'll do a few more. If they keep doing well, we'll keep making them. So, right. Um, so let's talk about Star Trek Discovery Season 5, which I thought was interesting. So I, I hate headlines these days. Headline came out, Star Trek Discovery Season 5 will not come out in 2023. And I'm like, no shit, man. We knew that like six months ago. <laughs> yeah, we know. Why, yeah. why is that out? Why is that out? Yeah, what a stupid... But, you know, it gets clicks. Uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 5 is like Indiana Jones, according to Jonathan Frakes. Uh, Jonathan Frakes believes that Star Trek Discovery is returning to its roots as a series focused on action and adventure in its fifth and final season. Um, I don't know if this story goes into it, but there, one of the other stories I was looking at talks significantly about how they really wanted to get away from all of the emotional turmoil. Look what episodes. he said. Look what he said. He is, said it, is it actually here? He said the first half of season, uh, uh, the first half of the season finale of Discovery, by the way, is Indiana Jones this year. This is a quote, by the way, from Frakes. Indiana Jones this year, instead of the heavy emo oh, of season, season four. four. See, he said it. He, you, can, he even continues, Discovery is back on track as an action-adventure <laughs> show, and I guess they got their marching orders to maintain that. They got their marching orders to maintain that. So what does that tell you guys? It means that all the stuff we were talking about, how terrible... Like it was all about mental health for Discovery season four. And we're like, please, this needs to stop. Uh, the people in charge, Alex Kurtzman and, and perhaps showrunners and stuff said, uh, yeah, knock that crap off. You guys, we're going to do back to Star Trek. He called so. it heavy email. <laughs> and Jonathan Frakes, he says some things like I don't agree with sometimes, but he, he also always says like exactly what he's thinking. So right. that's 100 percent true. That's pretty great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, said, okay, so, I'm sorry. He did also say Discovery's fourth season started with that action adventure framework. A misunderstanding in the season premiere, Kobayashi Maru, Maru, during attempts by Captain Michael Burnham and Cleveland Book Booker to get the inhabitants of Alshane Four to rejoin the Federation, it led to an attempt chase scene. Do you remember that? The inhabitants of Aldane Fort, they were like butterfly people. Yeah, yep, I remember that. Yep. Do you remember them mm -hmm. running through the woods as the butterfly people were chasing them mm -hmm. only to get to the cliff and then teleport to their ship? I did. Yeah, that was really dumb. Why didn't they just teleport to their ship? <laughs> Stop being reasonable. Dude, it was they they get to where the ship is and then they then they activate teleport. Like is the teleport like only work it only feet? works within six feet of the ship oh my no, god this is and this is a thousand years in the future where they have like point Not to point 900. teleportation <laughs> like they literally have teleportation where they can use it like it's almost like a blink or something it's, it's not teleporting bro you gotta you gotta stop saying that what it's transporting. whatever transporting but they have they have like point to point transporting where right. they can literally like like they they got a personal transporter where they can transport themselves from here up to a cliff or something like mm. like a blink in a video game or some kind of or sprint or whatever you call like it like a teleport right like a teleport <laughs> um like like something from portal or something and they start running and like the whole like first 15 minutes them running from these butterfly first off the people are so stupid looking 
hold on a second. I got to tell you something. I got to because we didn't finish that thought. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. I, okay. That so, episode listen, bothered me so much. <laughs> I know. I know it did. But there's something that was said in this quote that is fucking brilliant that we have to we have to visit. Okay, go. You didn't finish the quote. Okay. This is this gives away shit they don't want us to know, and I can't believe you said it. Uh, Frake said Discovery is back on track as an action adventure show, and I guess they got their marching orders to maintain that. Are you ready for the next part? Everybody has embraced it from Michelle Paradise, showrunner, and Alex down through the cast. Alex Kurtzman, who's in charge of Star Trek, was told, was given, was given marching orders to maintain Star Trek's action adventure by higher ups than Alex Kurtzman. So what it, what that tells you is that somebody told Alex Kurtzman, change your damn Star Trek. It right. sucks. Yeah. That's what that's what we forgot. He says there's a new energy and a new mandate, a new mandate. From studio heads who said you're fucking up Star Trek. Get it right. Imagine, right? Imagine the studio's like, guys, I don't understand. Why is there a 15 year old non binary person on uh, person on your crew that complains about her her feelings every five minutes? Like, how does any adult want to watch this? <laughs> well, anyone. Yeah. Why is the ship seeing a therapist? Why is the ship? No. Yeah. Why is the ship need therapy? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? I don't get it. No one gets it. Stop doing this. I, I, and it, the it, butterfly it, people, for the love of God. Me, it heartens me to know that even though I don't trust the studio heads to know much more than Alex does, that at least somebody is saying, this shit isn't good. Do something different. Oh, my God. And like, like the season, the season four finale with like the C-10, 18, whatever aliens. From oh, like, the, yeah. From like, from like beyond the galactic barrier or whatever. Yes. Outside of our galaxy. So yes. it was so, Oh, I hate it so much. And like the, the big thing that it was like, just like their trash compactor that was like trying to find some, <laughs> like it was like just a piece of their technology that was eating up entire galaxies. They're so powerful. As bad as all that is, there's nothing worse than a Kelpian being able to destroy all of Warcraft. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah, that's it. That's like, the worst part of Discovery. Yeah, even and, all, even above and beyond all the all yeah. the <laughs> mental health issues. Season 3 was the worst because they made they they told you that they can't travel at they can't travel at warp without dilithium, which we know that's not the case. They told you that Dilithium is the only way to travel, which which is what makes Discovery so powerful because it has the spore drive. But then it reintroduced the Kelpians after a thousand years. And one of the Kelpians was so powerful because of the planet it was on with Dilithium that it it had a temper tantrum and blew up the universe's Dilithium stores. Yeah, like, there's everything about that is wrong. Like there's ev everything about that is wrong and and op and, and opposite to established canon. And you know what? Any writer could have just looked up what that lithium was for. Just anyone. Well, they don't even care. It's that's not. I mean, I get what you're saying. Like they could go look it up, but they just don't care. They're like, well, it doesn't matter because we don't care. So we're going to make it be whatever we want it to be going forward. And that's part of the problem with Star Trek. We've said it millions of times. The writers need to build upon the pyramid of Star Trek that has come, not just create new Star Trek. Then you it's know, just Star Wars. Yorkshire so. is a good point here. Remember that Short Trek puts Discovery stuck in a nebula within a thousand years, right? 
I'm sorry. Like, oh, at the oh in the future when they did it was, that short yeah. trek with the yeah yeah coincidentally the guy who played Hawkman and uh, yep. Black Adam, which I love that actor. Mm. Um, I actually like that episode by the way, and uh, Discovery was like left purposely left, and like the original Discovery, not the new like right upgraded version of Discovery with the detachable in the cells. <sighs> Oh, that's so stupid. So, so uh, that already tells you that something's wrong. Right. So they're going to, you'll find off. because Star Trek has now created these multiple universes, you're going to find that, that that discovery is probably in some other universe. I mean, they already, they already changed it. So that, that's already been retconned. It's not, it's not going to happen. In this so they created a short Trek and like a year later, mm-hmm. completely changed the story and completely ignored the Trek, the short Trek. And this surprises you why? Sorry. But, but it did show you that. It, but but there was some. It did show you that the ship was de, de, was developing sentience, which they that, did. Was, that had well, not been revealed that what, yet. Well, and that's that, what Contact wanted to go for. That was why the short trek was setting up for that season. Remember? So why would they 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 show you in the future? It's gonna that, that's gonna be sentient, just like you know, just like the, what they're developing toward, towards. But but they ignore the rest of what they establish in that. Short well, they trip. changed the story. They also sent the. They also sent the ship 900 years into the future after doing that short trek. That was not planned. So that was not planned before that short trek. So they've changed everything. That short trek is not going to stand on its own. So uh, Michael Nemo for $5. Thank you so much, Michael. Uh, Star Trek continues needs to get more love. But of course, now the creator producer has been canceled due to sexual allegations as well. Hmm. What? That is not good. Oh, I didn't know that. It, wait, isn't that the guy with like the, the really, really bad plastic surgery? What's his name? Oh, Vic Mc, uh, Vic Vic something. Vic, yeah, Vic Mignogna, Mignogna, Mig. Mignogna. Is he the guy who you know he just stars in it, right? No, he created it. Well, oh. I think he did. Uh, I don't know. He's uh, he plays like the Kirk. He plays the captain. Uh. Interesting. Okay. Well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Vic Mignogna. I can't say his name. <laughs> Mignogna. Mignogna. He created Star Trek Continues, and he stars in it. So I guess he's getting. There's the allegations against him now. That's crazy. Yeah. Two women who accused him of inappropriate behavior, uh, and the partner of the woman. So yeah. So. Sexual harassment is what he was brought up on. Yeah, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Uh, when I when I say bad, bad plastic surgery, I'm just saying that like you see him, he, he looks like he's had a lot of uh, facelifts or whatever. But I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm not trying to be. A he is a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's and he's in our community. So yeah. Uh, Michael Dude, Nemo for two dollars. I will never forget that though. It was like a few weeks ago when yeah. we were watching the uh, him uh, rant. At a convention. Oh, that was great. And everybody's like, and everyone's like, why are we here again? Oh my God. That was hard to watch. It's, it's sometimes it's how you feel. Uh, Michael Nemo for $2. Thank you also again, Michael going to talk about the Trek proof of con what Trek proof of concept rumor, Trek proof of concept rumor. I haven't heard that one. See Trek proof. I don't know. Concept. I don't know. We'll look at it. Yep. see what that's all about. I haven't heard about that one. Um, 
okay. So also, so let's finish up this story. We got sidetracked here somehow. Um, no, that's it for the story. Was that it? Yeah, that's it. What, that's what's it. the Indiana Jones part? Oh, it was that just it's, action, that right? it's action adventure again. That's action. Adventure. He should have okay. picked a different franchise, one that had not recently <laughs> lost a billion dollars. <laughs> Indiana. I mean, it's Indiana Jones is a great headline, though. You know, right? It is. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, the good thing I'll say about Discovery season five is that he's directing and he's a good director. So at least, at least the episodes that he does will make sense. And we, if you look back at Discovery. His episodes are always usually the best ones. They filmed a proof of concept with Lega with Seven for Legacy. I don't, I don't know anything about that. That's a rumor. He's it's a rumor, but I haven't even heard that rumor, so I doubt it. I, I mean, I would be surprised if they shot anything. Yeah, they're um, not shooting anything. They're on strike, and honestly, but, we would we might know something about it. And I don't, we don't know anything about that. Well, well, let's let's look at it maybe in the member section. Yeah. All right. Um. So some some more Jonathan Frakes news, which I thought was interesting, is uh, the he has uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds is bittersweet for him. And uh, I was like, what do you mean? What is bittersweet? What what do you what's going on here, Jonathan? Uh, So here's what he says. Um, Jonathan Frakes, um, he actually did the episode, the crossover episode, I think. I think uh, those are the Strange New Worlds, Lower Decks crossover, right? Um, so Frakes talks about being involved behind the scenes, going into the highly anticipated premiere, having di- after having directed in season one, and how he felt conflicted reading some of the reviews. Mm, okay. What a treat, that show. This is from Jonathan Frakes. I was there when they premiered, and all of a sudden, everybody loved it, the fans and the critics. I was able to experience the joy of that cast, seeing their work appreciated and loved. Unfortunately, part of what happened during that time was that the fans and the critics took the same opportunity to say, this is the Trek we've been waiting for. Either written or unwritten was not Discovery and not Picard. If you recall, there was a congratulations and a slap in the same swing. So basically what he's saying here is that people were saying, wow, we love Strange New Worlds, but we hate Picard and Discovery. And because he was working on Picard and Discovery, that's the bittersweet for him right but then you did because then you did Picard season three and and it and it, ran, it ranked way higher than strange new worlds ever have ever had well we don't we're not sure yet actually so it ranked I mean, really really high if you look at the, just just <clears throat> looking at google trends puts it leaps and bounds ahead of strange new worlds i haven't seen that yeah that uh, we showed that comparison yeah J- uh joe cronin did uh did this whole thing on twitter about it and he oh. showed the he showed the google <clears throat> trends between the times that they were that they started, went you know a week before they it, it started mm-hmm. to a week afterwards, and P- Picard, there was more excitement and more buzz and more impressions and more everything about Picard than any other mm-hmm. any than any season of Strange New Worlds. Well, I, I mean, I hope that resonates. But what I'll tell you is, is that if Strange New World season two had been lukewarm reception, then <clears throat> you might have seen a shakeup of star Trek going forward, but I hate to say it. Uh, and it's great for people who love star Trek, strange new worlds. Uh, that may have given Alex Kurtzman enough leash to do more with the franchise going forward, you know, instead of going, you know, having to go the way, with the way of legacy, because that was the only thing that, that pegged. Now they can hold on it. Well, wait a sec. The strange new worlds thing's really good. And of course that really bothers me because it's strange new worlds. That's not serious. Star Trek. It's joke. Star Trek. Mm-hmm. 
And so, you know, if I'm going to get more of that stuff going forward, it's, it's, it's frustrating for me personally as a fan, but uh, they could be encouraged to make more stuff like that. Cause I know lower decks isn't doing poorly either. So I just can't wait to see gay Klingons. What? What? Yeah. Gay Klingons in full, like biker BDS BDSM gear. With a lisp. You're going to need to give more information. With a lisp. A Klingon with a lisp. You think that's coming with Strange New World? And like, a, and like a village people biker outfit? That's going to that come next. Saying? for sure. I mean, we already had dancing Klingons. What's next? 100% <laughs> gay biker bar Klingon coming up. Coming up. All right. Yep. All right. It's coming up. It's coming up. <clears throat> um, Hiroshi the dog for 10 pounds. Thank you again. One of my problems with Strange New World so far is the lack of strange new worlds. Damn it, Hiroshi, <laughs> stop making sense. Too much sense, Hiroshi. Come on, man. Stop making sense. Listen, it doesn't sense. matter if there's strange new worlds. Are you laughing, Hiroshi? Are you laughing at the silly Star Trek? Come on. That's all that matters. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Um, yeah, so that was the bittersweet for strange new worlds. It looks like uh, he's got a You know, it's funny. Jonathan Frakes was on the Shuttle Pond show, and I thought it was interesting. That he's like, can you believe after, like, after Star Trek uh, Picard season three, like no one's called, like nobody wants me to act. He was like pretty shocked that after that reception and how well they did, like he has got he got no offers to do anything, which is wild because he was he was his best in that role. I think best best he's ever been. 100%. Yeah, like be, people like, you understand Picard season three was so good from Shane and I's perspective that first off that one season alone was enough. To completely outweigh the first two seasons, but also push it up pretty far on our both of our lists. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. hit every single, it hit every every note we wanted it to hit. It was like a composition that you can watch over and over again. And uh, one of our friends, Rec uh, Rec Thoughts, did like a um, a movie version. Where he took all ten episodes and he basically edited them together in one giant movie, and uh, dude, it is first cool. off. If you have six hours or it's seven hours, you know it's a hell of a thing to watch. That perfect. <laughs> there's no interruption. It's just like the perfect. It's a one long, epic, you know, uh, masterpiece. It's yeah, really great. Cool. It's really awesome. Yeah. So uh, on to some more Star Trek news. Uh, we've got some. Uh, Roxanne Dawson, which we don't we don't really talk a lot about Roxanne Dawson. You notice that? Uh, of course, she played Belana Torres. I know you weren't a fan of Belana, but I had a huge crush on her just because she reminded me of the lead singer of the Bangles. Mm. I don't know if it's that haircut, that style. She's a small girl. I don't know, but uh, I had a, I actually really liked Belana as a character. And Roxanne Dawson, she's actually become a pretty uh, a pretty well known director. She's gotten a lot of work thanks to Star Trek and what mm -hmm. she did there. Uh, but she turned down the chance to direct new Star Trek. She actually had the opportunity to direct it. And when I first started looking at this article, I thought, oh, wow, she's uh, do we got we going to have some like sauce about how she's not down with new Star Trek. Uh, but that's not what this article's about. She actually, unfortunately, she um, she's been directing Foundation, the Apple show, which Foundation. Uh, it's, it's hard to get into. It's a little bit, uh, I'm not sure. How would you put Foundation, Brian? Foundation, it was a great book series by the outstanding Isaac Asimov. Asimov, yeah. Asimov. 
But my God, the TV series is so slow. It's slow and boring. It's yeah. slow and, the, and, the and it's boring. Are not compelling. Yeah, yeah. nothing. No, there's nothing compelling about it. You have this the story amazing, idea is great. Yeah, you have this amazing universe that you can work in, but you stay so small, and you pay it to, and, and you you keep it so focused. Like it's like a close up. You know what's like? It's like, hey guys, <clears> here's the Mona Lisa, but you get to see only a portion of it at a time, like a small zoomed in portion, and you can never really zoom out. And it's very, and, and we're going to move that little square around real slow. And that's what it's like. It's like, it's like a zoomed in portion of something, you know, is a masterpiece, but it's a tiny little portion and it's just moving slow around and, and it's just boring. It's boring. It's yeah. hard to put the beat. It's hard to put it together. And it's very difficult to see the entire scope. Books are great. Mm. Well, um, the guy in charge of the show, creator David Goyer, uh, mm-hmm. is the one who hired um, her to direct the show. And Roxanne Dawson says, it's kind of funny. She says, and I remember, I probably shouldn't say this, but one of the first things David Goyer said to me, he goes, you know, we're we're not going to be shooting Trek here. This is not Trek, <laughs> Star Trek. <laughs> or she goes, this is not Star Trek. I went, yes, I understand. I understand. Uh, and what she took with this was, I thought was interesting. Um, she goes on to say, and I was kind of like, well, have you really seen Star Trek? The current versions of Star Trek, I think are wonderful. I've seen Discovery. I've seen Picard. I think there's such wonderful and modern work being done there right now that we really can't categorize it in the way that we might have in the nineties, but no, I haven't really wanted to go back. I feel like I've been there and I've done that. I've loved moving on to other things. So that's where I'm at with it. You know, it's interesting the way Roxanne Dawson, you know, what now we know why she's not with Star Trek, but here's the other thing. Uh, David Goyer doesn't like new Star Trek. <laughs> we just learned, you know, so what she just shared with us basically was he don't like new Star Trek, right? The guy making the foundation series and, you know, it's little things reading between the lines here. Cause by just taking her words, you wouldn't have put that. He didn't think start new Star Trek was good. Right. It's what she follow on says that she feels like she has to like, she has to, um, fight for it, you know, uh, that lets us know what his tone was about Star Trek. Right. What do you think about that? No, I, I, uh, first off, I think there's a lot of people like him that don't like new Star Trek, but they can't say that Mm. because they want to keep working. Um, so I think that's, and we, we've met a lot of people like that. We're like this, this shit is garbage, (laughs) but they can't actually say that publicly and they can't actually go against the grain. Um, right. You thinking right now he's going, come on, Roxanne. Why'd you just dime me out like that? Uh, although it would have been great to maybe, maybe that's what foundation needed was uh, a little more Star Trek. And I'm not saying like levity or emotional nonsense, but like a grander scope, you know, character based character based. Yeah. You know, listen, all great stories start with your characters. And the characters in Foundation are just, I mean, I'll be honest with you, like the, the evil family that's in charge of everything, like they're kind of compelling, but your heroes aren't. Right. And when your heroes aren't compelling, your show's going to suck no matter what. So I agree entirely. All right. All right. Well, that's all the Trek news I've got today. That's, all, so. that, that's the Star Trek roundup. 
Is that what we just called the, the star? I, I actually called it the Star Trek Roundup. We gotta what call is it, wrong probably call me? it something else. Like we'll figure out a better word for it. But we, like I was trying to think of something you could say, like you know, like the Terry Trek thing. All right, we'll figure out something uh, yeah. that will encompass our Star Trek news segment every week because we want to do that every week. Awesome. All right. So that's uh, what's next. Box office report. Uh, we got the box office report, or we can do Disney. I mean, we got some Disney interesting stuff going on here. Um, yeah, let's po- do Disney first. Okay, Disney first. Yeah, and then uh, and then we can talk about because the, unfortunately the September box office numbers are kind of lame. I don't know. Equalizer three is doing pretty good. Did you watch the first two? Yeah, you did. Did you like them? I like the first one. Yeah, I did. I was like snore fest. Like that, like I love Denzel Washington. I love you, his movies. You loved like Oppenheimer. And you think Equalizer was slow? I just don't like Denzel Washington in those types of roles. Mm. I don't know what it is. He's an, like an inspiring, hopeful person to me. I like the roles where he's like, like Courage Under Fire, or you know, um, um, the one where he was in the Man on Fire. He plays a lot of On Fire. Man on Fire was good. Yeah, I, I like it when he's. You know, I, I really didn't like him where he was the bad guy in that movie with Russell Crowe. King Kong ain't got nothing on me. Like, like I'm looking at Denzel and I'm like, I need to love you, man. I don't want to hate you in a movie. I don't know what it is. Some guys I, you just don't want to hate. I so. loved the book of Eli, um, but it is, it is right up there with Sixth Sense as the one movie you cannot watch more than once. <laughs> like it is so, it <laughs> has it is, yeah. no rewatchability. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Once you get the twist, you're like, oh, that's really cool. And I can never watch this movie again. <laughs> because the point, like that twit, that that twist is what gets you into it. Um yeah, it's a bummer. That movie is a really good movie, except for you can't rewatch it. So it looks like we're doing the box office report. Woo! I didn't right, mean to do that. I was oh, gonna, it's done. <laughs> you started talking about it. Well, see, that's the thing is, so I'm going to go ahead and let's go with it. Let's go with it. All right. So, we're going with it. Our box office report. Uh, and, and by the way, here's the exciting title of this segment. Box office recap. That's terrible. I got to come up with better names. Yeah. I like it's box awful. office report is way cooler than recap. What but report that? sounds dumb too. Like, can we nah. come up with something like, like box office? Box office report. Wow. You know, I don't know. It's got to be something, something better. All right. Anyways. <laughs> Equalizer is coming in number one in September with a total gross of $74,332,780. It's made $74 million? Yeah. Coming at you from Columbia Pictures. <laughs> what was the budget for Equalizer? That's the domestic. Where's the, inter- you got to go with the international. Yeah, let's figure it out. Uh, here's the, oh, this is giving me the whole thing. Domestic, daily, domestic. I don't know how to do this. You're like, I haven't got it figured out. This is so complicated. Oh, here we go. Uh, domestic, 74 million. Worldwide, uh, international, 58 million. So worldwide, 133 million. Um, that's pretty good. Now, it's the Equalizer 3, I'm assuming, was made much cheaper uh, because Denzel isn't in quite as much demand as he used to be. Um, did out. you see the movie? Not yet, no. I haven't, haven't, had, I haven't had time and or money, so... The Equalizer 3 budget is... Oh, Money never seven. stopped you before. I mean, that's true. That's true. <laughs> High C's, baby. Um, 70 million. So it's already it's already oh, okay. made... Uh, just domestic, it's already made its, 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 its budget. 
Well, or well, we marketing's not included, and it had pretty. I actually heard about it. <laughs> I actually it has some marketing behind it. Well, I mean, it still has a, couple, a few more weeks to go, right, in the box office. So, yeah, but do you think it's really going to do much? I think uh, I think it'll make money. I think that's an important part. I didn't have the marketing, the flash hat, or something like that, you know. And the Nun Two actually came out and had and and won this last weekend. So, so this this last weekend, the the Nun Two came out with fourteen and a half million. A Haunting in Venice, which I actually do want to see. I didn't see the first Nun movie. It looks. I know the guy put a lot of work into it, but when you look at the Nun Two um, trailers, the Nun itself looks fake, like the actual creature looks not real. Yeah, I don't really get. I don't even understand the concept, but I guess an evil nun, um, yeah, is now haunting somebody or something like that. Well, the haunting in Venice is a uh, is a murder mystery from. Uh, um, I just totally blew her name, but haunting the, the yeah, the haunting in Venice is actually Agatha Christie. That's it. It's an Agatha Christie story. And I love these whodunits. So I'm kind of interested in seeing that one. All right. Well, uh, it's at 163 million worldwide right now, 58 domestic. So that's pretty good. And it was right behind the nun too, uh, for last weekend's numbers. Uh, the haunting in Venice did for the dailies. It does look like it's overtaking the nun too. And, uh, you know, Wait a minute. Wait, I, 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 we're okay. I'm sorry. So, A Haunting in Venice mm -hmm. and None 2 are two different movies, right? Yeah. I, I don't know why. The Haunting in Venice is an Agatha Christie. For some reason, like, I thought you were com you were saying that The None 2 had some connection to Haunting in Venice. No, None 2 won last weekend. Oh, I see. The None 2 movie. And then The Haunting in Venice came in second right behind it. But The Haunting in Venice is taking over the dailies. So, I think it's about to surpass... Uh, Equalizer three is uh, is not even showing up in the dailies. Oh, so it's, uh, so Equalizer three is already on its way out. I see. Yeah. Uh, uh, on the Avengers, mm -hmm. I didn't even know this was happening. This looks pretty cool, actually. It does. It's uh, it's the guy with the big mustache that they did recently. The the Death on the Nile movie. Oh, it's yeah. Same same group. So um, I think it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to seeing it. But like you, I De haven't had the time. Really. Death on the Nile was such a disappointment to me. I thought it was going to be good. But it was not. It was watchable. Like it wasn't great, but it was. It's not as good as the uh, the Ryan Johnson mysteries that are coming out. Right. Uh, Barbie is still hanging in there, huh? What? It's not going to go away, brother. Jeez. My big fret, fat Greek wedding three. Didn't even know there was a one and two. So. <laughs> What's that? Didn't even know there was a one and two. So I don't. I don't know anything about that movie. My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. <laughs> this this has a trilogy. Okay. Cool. Well, uh, did you see the did you see the first two? Now the first one came out was actually No, I never saw any of the Big Fat Greek Weddings. <laughs> you, you you keep focusing on the word fat. I mean, isn't that what you're supposed big to focus fat. on? Fat. My, my Big Fat Greek Wedding. That means a lot of people though, not like even though I think the people are kind of fat. I have too. no interest in any of that whatsoever. Oh, Gran Turismo. That is a, for me, that seems like a disappointment, huh? Based on a true story, you think it would be, would have been, would have been, would have done a little better. I mean, like I was saying, when, if you saw the preview, you just didn't really care to go see right, it. Right. You didn't care. So. Right. 
Even like, if you're like yeah. a huge Gran Turismo fan, like, oh, I love that game. You're like, I still don't have any interest in this movie. Right. It does look like the, um, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, the Equalizer 3 is owning the September box office. But I got to tell you, I think Haunting in Venice is probably going to overtake it by the end of end of September. I think Haunting in Venice will probably be the, the September winner. Mm. There's a uh, a movie called Bottoms about unpopular queer high school students. That one's going to do well, probably as good as uh, what was the one? The bros. Bros. <laughs> bros. Bottoms, you know? Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, Oppenheimer is still sticking in there. Do we have a story about Oppenheimer? We do. Oppenheimer actually, surprisingly, I, Brian would probably be most surprising um, that Oppenheimer has managed to take the fourth spot. Did you know that? We're, uh, for the year? Yeah, it's actually, I'm sorry, it's taking the third spot, actually. It's broken 900, 900 million. Wow. Worldwide. It's behind Barbie. Uh, Barbie's sitting at 1.4. Mario is sitting at 1.3. And Oppenheimer broke nine. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is actually in fourth spot at 845 million. But Oppenheimer, it's, it says a lot, I think. And there's, there is an article that we've got about it. It says a lot about a movie that uh, is almost is three hours long and uh, essentially people talking the whole time. Right, Brian? It's so <laughs> boring, dude. It's well, so boring. It is boring. I'm sorry. It is so boring. I don't know anyone could sit through this entire three-hour movie and to pay for it in an IMAX theater is beyond stupid to me. Why? Why? I loved it. So... I loved it. And so you it said says, the equalizer was too slow, but Oppenheimer was not too great. slow. I didn't say too slow. I don't like Denzel. You said it was in those boring. Roles. You said it was boring. It's boring. I don't like Denzel in those roles. I don't like him. I, I like him. I like him with more character depth. He's a better actor than equalizer movies. I'm sorry. He's just better than that. Um, so Oppenheimer's, yeah. So Oppenheimer's 900 million plus haul is an important moment for Hollywood and theaters. Um, so it talks about here how, uh, Dune filmmaker, Dennis Villeneuve, uh, said after watching Oppenheimer that he'd just seen a masterpiece. This also lines up with Brian's thoughts, uh, because Brian hates Dune as well. So, <laughs> so the guy who made Dune thinks Oppenheimer is a masterpiece. This is like, oh, of course, like your, of your course he does. <laughs> cause you know, cause what, what's that guy? What's his name again? Dennis Villeneuve. Yeah, Dennis Villeneuve. Denis, sorry, Denis. Denis Villeneuve. This is what he does. <laughs> Those these long drawn out shots, and I, I shit you not. Go watch Dune. Okay, go to go to Max and watch Dune. There is a shot that focuses that starts at like Timothy Charlemagne's feet, and it pans slowly up to his stupid, emotionless. Quaalude downer face. Poor Tim. And then it slowly pans out. You know, isn't he dating like Kylie? Wait, wait, wait. wait. And it pans around him like this. (laughs) And and then and then the camera stops as stupid emotionist motionless Timothy Chalamet is looking at a ship like leaving orbit or something. And it holds that shot. For like six minutes, bro. It is so long. 
and so drawn out. I'm like, it's like, it's like the 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 filmmakers just like jizzing all over the reel. Like, oh, look what I did! It's so great. Ah. There's zero well, pacing in this in that in that film, dude. Zero. Well, now that we know, uh, now that we know how Brian feels about filmmaker, God, it's so boring. It's uh, so let's boring. Just, let's just see what he's had to say about Oppenheimer. Um, okay. Uh, after an early screening, <laughs> uh, Dune filmmaker said he knew he'd just seen a masterpiece. He even remembered saying that it would be a big success. But quote this, but when it is right now, but where it is right now has blown the roof off my project projection. Villanueva told the, the Associated Press, it's a three hour movie about people talking about nuclear physics. Now, Brian, I'm not resonate well with you. Uh, it's basically what the movie is about. He's correct. He's right. We all get yeah. this great scene where they're like, dun, 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 dun. like you see everybody getting to the ground and those sirens are going off and we're about to get the atom bomb. But essentially, that's only a minute of the movie. The rest of the movie is literally people talking about physics, <laughs> nuclear physics. That's what the rest of the movie's about. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, okay? And uh, trying to get a guy, you know. Easily the first hour was basically like a trailer for the next two hours. It was a long drawn trailer. Um people that are saying that Oppenheimer was Christopher Nolan's best work and a masterpiece. Like then you haven't seen anything else Christopher Nolan has made. Well, I, you, you can, can say what you want. You can like the movie, third, but, but it's not better than Interstellar or. But it's the third highest grossing movie he's made. The other two were the Batman sequels. Well, to be fair, okay, this I'm pretty sure the bar is pretty fucking low right now. There isn't no much... nine hundred million. No, but the, but the, what else is there to watch, dude? Look at the well, look Barbie, at all the look, options dude, this year. Look at look at. Let me tell you what it's going up against. Meg to the trench. No, no, Hunted Mansion. No, no, no. It went against Barbie, bro. No, no, it oh, went against Barbie. Yes, Barbie and Oppenheimer stood out against Meg to the trench, oh. Strays, Haunted Mansion, Elemental. No, <laughs> how often do movies end up one and three? That came out the same. Well, week. to be fair, also there was like that big marketing campaign about going to watch it at the same time and all that stuff. I mean, that was that was cool, but still, you know, having two movies. I mean, remember they're going to do the Barbie Hammer Day. We're gonna watch this, yeah, this, Barbie then Heimer, that. Barbie that was Heimer, a big yeah. thing, bro. That was a big thing. Well, good for the them. The movies needed it. So, uh, yeah. So I just wanted to really. This is talking about the Oppenheimer thing is really just an opportunity to troll Brian. Like that is what this is you all get, about but you get no you don't really understand i i know you're trying to troll me but like and i understand taste is subjective but my problem is not when someone goes oh i like that movie my problem is when someone goes someone tells me it's christopher nolan's best work well it's what not. what are you talking about it's not his best work right i it's not. Look, I mean, you, it's may, maybe you like long boring biopics and that's cool if you do i know shane I does do. I do. I but, liked it. But this movie was so fucking boring. <laughs> I, this was, I'm, I'm, I'm saying like this. So, so let me, I'm like well, this. I'm maybe, like, I'm like doing this thing where I'm like rocking back and forth, trying to get my heart rate up. I was so tired. 
It was putting me to sleep multiple times. I nodded off and woke up three minutes later. It it is so boring. And if you like those movies, that's great. But it's not some exciting Christopher Nolan masterpiece. Not from my perspective. Well, it it can be a masterpiece, but it just might not be your cup of tea. And honestly, it was it was a filming masterpiece. I mean, not using not using um, CG. You know, it's kind of cool. It's hard to do nowadays. And, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed the whole story and how it was laid out. It wasn't the best movie of the year. No, it was not. But uh, but it was excellently made. I'll, I'll give him that. Have you seen Just um, like Barbie was excellently made? Have you seen Chernobyl? shirt What's wrong? I can't. You got it. You said it. I can't. That was it. I can't talk today. Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the the Max or HBO series, whatever it's called. I didn't see the series. I saw like that first movie. Okay, so that so first off, that series was brilliant. And when I first saw the Oppenheimer trailer, my my suspicions was was like, oh, like a really high end, you know, um, like Christopher Nolan almost Christopher Nolan style and quality mm. Chernobyl. That's what I thought we were going to see. Um, but we got a lot of people talking for a long time. Well, I will say the movie is titled Oppenheimer. So, you know, if if you didn't, like, he, he can always come back and be like, I didn't say it was titled First Nuclear Bomb, you know? <laughs> I guess it is. And, and let me tell you, when you watch it, it is the story of Oppenheimer. And, uh, well, you know. And there's a story. lot of sex scenes. There is a lot of sex scenes. And, and I normally have no problem with that, but they weren't even very cool. well done. It was rated R. You know. No, but it, they weren't even well done. Like if you if you're current, what did you want? Porn? Let's try. Let's try. <laughs> no, no. I'm I'm just saying. Like no, you could you could want better you camera could, angles. You could have eroticism without without pornography. It was pretty erotic, dude. Uh, I mean, it was it was fairly it was fairly visual. Just it was enough to be like. I'm watching this alone and I feel like PB Herman. Maybe I just feel like maybe Chris, maybe I went in there with more, uh, with a higher bar because it's a Christopher Nolan movie. And he told me to go watch it in IMAX. That's fair. That's a fair statement. You know what I mean? Best movie of the year so far. You ready for this? Probably Barbie. No, dude. No. Yeah. Probably Barbie. I mean, you you saying that you like your favorite movie of the year is Barbie? No, I'm saying that that that's going to be the general consensus is Barbie. No, I don't give a shit about the general consensus. Oh, you're you're saying well, are you asking what, what you, my yes, personal opinion? Our wants? best, yes, your favorite movie of the year. I mean, it's fine if you want Barbie. You guys got it. Yeah, Brian said Barbie was his favorite movie. Of the year. No, I oh, didn't. Good. No, I I thought you were talking about like generally. Okay, anyways. Well, it is obviously it's at one point four billion and no right. one's that's why pass. i said probably barbie like for me okay. yes for you um there's been no big standouts dude like everyone's like oh i love spider-man across spider-verse mm-hmm. i gotta be honest with you guys i didn't like that movie wow you know why i didn't like it i don't know there was no fucking ending there's it's come no on, no no you have to give me some ending you can tease me for the third movie there's got to be some conclusion. Come on. 
Mm. Come on, this is clearly a trilogy, and they haven't even started working on the third movie yet. So which you didn't like uh, we're not so going to see wait, it for five years. So you didn't like the second Lord of the Rings movie because it didn't end for no, you. no, no. There no, but there was there was multiple endings in the second movie. It didn't just didn't finish the entire epic. There were multiple <laughs> points that gave you that satisfaction. This Spider-Man Across the Universe was yeah. was an hour and a half long of him setting up the third movie. The artwork was no. great. Yes, no. it was. Yes, it was. The it was. The third movie will be the final act, but I will say, the, do you did not love the twist. There was a the conclusion the in the earth? first movie. No, there was a conclusion in the first movie, even though it set up the whole universe. This well, movie didn't. is a setup for the third movie, and we don't even know when you want to know or if we'll get a third movie. That's because they didn't know they're going to do a trilogy when they did the first movie. When it made a ton of money, they're like, "We need more of these." Well, then you but you got to write a little more set, an ending that's more satisfying. It's like so the fact that you just watched almost two hours of Peter Park, uh, Miles, uh, Miles Morales. I was okay with the cliffhanger. I I would look at it as a I don't know. For me, that was that was okay. I didn't need that. But uh, you know, if you go through here and look at them, the movies this year are not. Fantastic. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One was enjoyable, but I didn't really find it that much more bet that much more enjoyable than any other Mission Impossible movie. Um, and if you look, I gotta go all the way down the list here. I mean, you know, honestly, you know, the Flash was disappointing. Indiana Jones Donald Destiny was disappointing. Well, the Flash, the Flash was disappointing. For me, the biggest disappointment with the Flash was that it didn't feel like they finished it. And it gave so much ammunition to the people that just want to hate on everything Snyder right now. Yeah. Um, I can't, that's why year. I can't make it my favorite thing, even though I enjoyed it. Best movie of the year that includes an ending is probably Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. That movie was legit. <laughs> that's probably, awesome. I'm looking at the list here. I'm looking at Transformers Rise of the Beast. I'm looking at yeah, uh, Meg Dude, 2. Rise of the Beast was disappointing. Meg, Meg 2, and I like stupid movies. Okay. Yeah. That that was too stupid for me. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna say this. I'm like, I don't know about this, guys. Look, look, look I'm gonna get when you do the third movie. I, that'll, I'll give you, I'll give you one more chance. But like, Meg one was already pushing it on how absurd you, absurd you are without having fun with the with the horror aspect. Yeah. Meg yeah. two just went really absurd. Now, I gotta say something. Everything you're saying is rock solid. Mission Impossible, no no ending. Um, That's true. Well, it's a part one of two. Again, part one of two. So many of these movies that we saw this year really didn't have a proper ending or they were disappointing in the way they, they ultimately ended the character. The one movie that hit every note for me this year is probably Dungeons and Dragons. Hmm. I it think hit, you're right. It hit every note. I enjoyed the characters, the story, the beginning, the end, all the D&D references, all the gaming references, everything. That movie had everything I want in a movie. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? So so it could it be the, the best movie of the year, but here's what we have coming for you to decide, okay? So it's either going to be that one, okay? Now we have the movie coming out right now. I think it's Creator. That's I think it's out right now, actually. It's out this week. Is it? sci-fi movie now the problem with that one is uh, it just came out that that movie is about the the movie is supposed to be about um being okay with people who are different than you oh, now that i've learned that that's what about that kind of like 
bums me out a little bit because I don't need another lesson. Yeah, we don't need another you know? lesson. We get it. We get it. Please, so, we get it. That that actually comes out next week. Okay, the creator comes out next week. It's got David uh, John David Washington, whom I love to death, all the way back in the days of Ballers. Um, he was so great. Uh, dumb, <laughs> dumb <laughs> money, bro. It's about the money's coming. It's about Wall Street bets. The subreddit. Yep, I, I a little too soon to make a it, movie it about it. It feels okay. like it's too soon, but too I gotta soon? tell you, if they actually capture any of the emotion that was happening at that time, like they yeah. might have a winner here. God, but Pete Davidson's in it. And I've yeah, already said Nick that Offerman's movie, in it, bro. Nick Offerman. I know, I know. But anybody who Pete Davidson, any movie I've, I've already said, I have to hate, but we'll see. we'll see. I hate Pete Davidson, but I do, but I love Nick Offerman. It's like, let's put one of your favorite comedy guys next to one of the, like your worst. Yeah. I love, I really love Offerman. What about Expendables uh, also, 4 featuring Megan no. Fox? Shut the hell up. Who cares? Come on, bro. Make look, wait, let, let's talk about the, the two and three. I couldn't get through two and three. Look at it, it, it. This is who's in, this is who's in it. Jason Statham, Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> They're all in it, of course. Randy Couture, Sylvester Stallone, Curtis, 50 Cent Jackson, Megan Fox, Tony Jaw, Eco Owls, Jacob Skipo, Levi Tran, Andy Garcia. Yeah. Great. Whenever a bunch like, of guys who can't get work anymore. Awesome. Dude, I I don't think I've ever More movies? Really? I don't think I've ever looked at Megan Fox and thought, she's a badass. <laughs> well, because she's not. She's playing the every one of these movies has a female like it should have had uh uh Adrian Plecky instead of Megan Fox. Maybe she's not she's not there yet. I don't know if she'll ever get there. Megan Fox is there? She's got that you know, hot chick thing that everybody wants. Nah, I'm not into it. She's not my type. Uh, going into October, Killers of the Flower Moon. That is going to be, uh, not that anybody cares about Oscars, but that's definitely going to be an Oscar with Leo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro, of course. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Scorsese you film. don't say a movie uh, called Killers of the Whatever Moon is not an Oscar contender releasing in October. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. But I got to tell you, anything that Leonardo DiCaprio does, I, I'm sorry. The guy just makes great movies. The guy like, just really wants to get that Oscar. Yeah, he's, I'm has, telling he, has, you. has he not gotten it yet? Oh, I'm certain he has. Leo's got an Oscar, right? Yeah. He's got an Oscar, right? I'd say, you know when he should have gotten one, but they don't give him to kids, is when he played uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Gilbert Grape. Uh, he was, let's see. Uh, yeah, he got yeah. One. yeah, he's he's actually got a bunch of them. <laughs> yes. What are we talking about? We don't know. I told you he's a great actor. Jesus. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> he has seven. Yeah, he's got a few of them. The guy, can, the guy is like a couple shy of starting a softball team <laughs> with, with those little golden men. So it shows how often we watch the Oscars. And yeah, we don't ever watch that. the Oscars. Um, now this it's interesting this movie which is about uh, essentially uh, Indian uh, Indians can't say Indians tomorrow well, I guess back then it would be Indians Native Americans uh, were of course corralled into a uh, into a land we call a reservation they hit oil and then the the white man wanted to come in and, and take it from them and they fight back so uh, that's man. actually going to be and it's funny because uh, Scorsese was saying 
you know, I, I, this, we, the story was originally, he found himself focusing on all the white guys and he's like, and he, so he went back and rewrote it saying this needs to be from the other perspective. And so he actually changed it up. So it'll be interesting to see Leo takes, does a physical transformation mm-hmm. in this movie. Uh, he does not look like himself. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. What is he like really fat? He's, he's heavier. His face looks different. He just looks different, bro. Yeah. Um, here's he's a surprise. Like, I'm going to stop dating 19 year olds this entire year. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> he gonna... looks like he's 19. That's the problem. <laughs> Uh, we got Five Nights at Freddy's coming up, which is a personal one I want to go see. I don't know why I want to see it because my kids have been playing the game for years, and I suddenly I like the the preview. I want to see it too. Uh, so that's one I want to go see, and uh, I sure we could talk about the others coming up. But so that's well, the we stuff also that... so Fr- Five Nights at Freddy's is going to be fun, but there's mm-hmm. a couple of things that that we're missing out here. Uh, we got Freelance starring John Cena and Allison Brie and Christian Slater. That looks like fun. They, they let Christian Slater be in another movie? Christian Slater is actually in a movie, you guys. Oh, that's cool. I miss Christian Slater. That actually looks like a fun movie. I'm not going to lie. And a movie called The Burial with with uh, Jamie Foxx and Tommy Lee Jones also looks like it might be right up Shane's alley. When's that coming out? boring oh i see freelance the burial i missed that one so yeah that's right yeah so yeah so that's that's what's coming um and we'll talk about you know the hunger games and stuff later on in a future episode i'm gonna have a hard time so i mean there are there are movies that can possibly contend for my favorite movie but as of right now i think you're right i think um dungeons and dragons takes takes pretty much takes it full service that's it I, I predict that napoleon will be my favorite movie of the year you predicted oppenheimer would be your favorite movie i did i changed that now i've seen oppenheimer i mean i like i liked it okay but i didn't uh, you know it was it was fun to watch what about but i think wonka but, no i'm not gonna like that movie because hey. nobody hey. can play listen there's only one willy wonka to me that's it so and it's not Johnny Depp. No, it's the other guy. What's his name? It's funny. Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. Okay. okay. Uh, we have some super chats here. If you want to catch them. Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, okay. Michael Nemo says, Fave Denzel film. Fave Denzel film. Ricochet. Oh. Which movie is that? Did I miss that? No, I didn't. Uh, uh, it's from the 90s. Yeah, it's an it's an older movie. Yeah, I remember seeing it. It didn't. It wasn't my favorite. Ice T was in it. <laughs> Ice T. I remember when he came out. I'm like, what a name, huh? Yeah, that was a '91 movie. That's the year I graduated high school. That's Michael funny. email again for two dollars. Says fave film of the year for me. Past lives. Did you see that one? I don't know. Oh, no. That is that is a romance. Are you screwing with us, Michael? That is like a for, it's a foreign film romance. I did not watch oh, that. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it's good. It's in Korean. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't watch it. Um, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I didn't. I normally. Oh, it's I, an A24 film. I normally steer clear of uh, foreign films. Let me tell you guys something. Watch out for A24. Okay. 
Uh, A24 is coming out with like its first musical. And I don't know if you know these A24s. They do like these really like really screwed up horror movies. Like the ones that really make you like sick to your stomach and make you go, oh my God, I can't believe I just watched that. Mm-hmm. Right. But they're, they're like branching out. The, and this, this says it's made by A24. So I bet it's probably freaky and interesting, which is why Michael's saying that. They're, they're coming out with a, with a musical where they cuss through the whole musical coming up here pretty soon. So shock. They're a shock production company. So maybe we'll have to, I may have to check that out, Michael. Thank you. Michael Burns for 699 says, Megan Fox is awesome. Name another actor who called her director Hitler and still has a career. <laughs> Michael Bear thought it was very funny. I mean, I don't know. Well, she, I mean, I don't know if she does have a career. I mean, I don't know if she's awesome. There was a movie called um, Jennifer's Body. I want to say Jennifer's Body. Oh yeah, that's an old movie. And uh, she played, uh, I guess Jennifer. Um, the remake. Yeah, Jennifer's body. She played, she played Jennifer Check, and she was uh, uh, a opposite Amanda Seyfried, who is so hot to me. Mm. Um, and I gotta say, I actually like that movie. I heard that movie was very good. I have not seen it. I liked Um, it. I liked it a lot. It was uh, it was actually scary and sort of like. And we yeah, real, real creepy, and there was, there was the correct amount of horror, also a little bit of comedy, and you know and, the the last horror comedy I watched was uh was the one zombie was it zombie zombie nation no what's the one where him and Woody Harrelson and uh, what's his name oh uh, zombie land zombie land what's that's the last like is it like that like a comedy horror no no this is like real horror. Oh, I see. Yeah, it it kind of threw me off. I was like, yeah, do I really no, no. This it? yeah, this is more like real horror. Like, mm. like she's a she's a demon. So she ret- she retains some of her personality mm-hmm. um, because part of her is still in there. Um, it's sort of hard to explain, but she's basically cursed. Uh, she's she's uh, there's a band tries to sacrifice her to like get fame. And what they ultimately do, because they don't finish the job, is they, like this demon, uh, gets inside of her body, and it's real weird. She part of her is still there, but part of her isn't. She has to eat people to like stay healthy, um, and she gets more and more gnarly. It there, it's actually not a bad. It's it's a. I, you know, I'm not, I'll say it. I like this movie, and I don't even well, like horror can- movies very much. Well, you can watch it on Max if you are interested. Hedever, you know what? It feels a lot. It was almost like watching a supernatural episode that was rated R. Oh, all right. That's that's a good indication. All right. Well, maybe I'll check it out later. Yeah. Yeah, and she's pretty hot in that movie, actually. No, no, no. I'm backing <laughs> up. She's uh, she's sort of hot. I'm talking about Is she Transformers hot? No, 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 okay. no, no. That was that was. I got. I'm gonna say it again. Transformers one, the end of the movie. Optimus Prime on the horizon, well, sunrise. He's he's calling all all anyone who needs <laughs> help. Come here. And there's a Lincoln Park playing in the song and playing in the background. And the camera pans over Shia LaBeouf and a super fine Megan Fox on the hood of a freaking Camaro was peak America. I, I, I'm gonna right there. I will die in that hell. That was. 
peak America. I was like, peak America, dude. The Optimus Prime voice over that Lincoln Park with the, it's just perfect. It was you perfect. heard that, guys. Lincoln Park, Prime America. No, no, but no, that scene had every mm-hmm. single element that yeah, was like peak 2010s. All, so all she'd be holding was an apple pie. Yeah, if she was holding an apple waving pie, waving the American flag, you know, or eating a eating a Carl's Junior burger. Oh, eating a Carl, yes, eating a burger, <laughs> right on the Camaro with Optimus Prime in the background with Lincoln Park blaring. The monster trucks going over jumps in the background. <laughs> it was like it was too perfect. It was too perfect. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on from this fun stuff here. Oh man. So uh, I want to talk about Disney and I want to talk about Quantum Leap and these other things, but uh, we might have bitten off more than we could chew. Um, I've got a 415 deadline here because I am coaching soccer still. Okay. Um, But uh, maybe we can quickly cover Disney and then go to the member section. Sure. Where we will show the Quantum Leap season two trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's going to be that's going to be like demonetize immediately anyway so i might as well go there yeah not so that we not quick, that we care but it, but we won't be blocked in the member section we'll be, we'll be blocked on unleashed that's true so what we can say quickly about elon musk making us pay for twitter uh everybody was getting kind of weird about it because it came out that elon may have to make everyone pay for twitter x um but come to find out the reason he wants everybody to pay is because he's trying to get rid of the bots and Brian can probably explain the bots better than I can, but uh, essentially what I, you can explain in a second, but essentially each account would have to have a fee, like maybe say like 10 cents, like you'd be charged a month. Right. Because it would force whoever has these bots to pay for each individual bot that they have to make them not want to create bots. Is that right, Brian? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is basically what's happening. Um, a bot can be something as simple as an account that is set up, but not, you know, it's set up by a person for the ex- explicit purpose of advertising to people or gaslighting a conversation to push it another way or whatever. Right. And so what people do is they set up a lot of these accounts and these accounts are all controlled via, you know, software like buffer or strategify or whatever, a bunch of mm-hmm. softwares that allow you to um, schedule thousands of tweets or X's, whatever you want to call them. And then you can even have these things set up to little to command command prompts that literally reply with a specific uh, phrase or whatever. Same as, you know, Shane three does, but without the intelligence, the problem with these bots <clears throat> is there are a large percentage of the platform is basically these bots. They're not real users. They have no actual value. Because the social media's social media company's value is based on how many users are actively using it. Bots are not are not valuable. They take up server resources. They take up space. Um, they water down the actual communication between humans. They completely uh, derail conversations. Put them in, in in the wrong place. They even divide. It, it, it. The ultimate purpose for a bot is to get popular and get views, so that the bot owners. Can get can sell whatever product or service whatever they're trying to, to pitch. That's a problem. It's advertising without going through the advertising, mm. you know. 
and 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 for some of a lot of people don't even know that they're being harassed by a bot. So ultimately, bots are bad. I didn't know it. <laughs> bots are bad altogether for a platform. It's bad for the user. It's bad for our experience. It hurts the it uses up server resource uh, uh platform resources without actually putting anything back in the system, and they're they're like empty calories because those user accounts mean nothing. They instead of having value, oh, we have three hundred million accounts. Now all of a sudden, oh, we have 150 million accounts because the other, the other 150 million are bots. Mm. It's it's the worst thing for a platform is bots, and every platform is going to have some bots. But when you have millions, of <clears throat> yeah, I can't. Hear I'm either. back. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Oh, now you're back. Okay. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah, I I guess I smacked my mic too hard. Um, ultimately it hurts the entire platform. So if he goes, I want to charge 10 cents for you to use Twitter every month. That, ha- that is now a credit card. You can, other, other co- companies have tried to, uh, to fight this like steam in order to play counter-strike or Dota or any of these, these competitive games, you have to use, give them your phone number, but even phone numbers can be spoofed. Yeah. You can yeah. create a hundred phone numbers with a hundred different services. It's harder, but you can do it. A credit card is not as easy. And I think I think not only will it be harder for people to uh, create bots, but it will also minimize the bots that people are willing to create. Bots will still be a thing, but no one's going to create a thousand bots so they can so they can um, you know bot click their upvotes and rank their tweets better if, if they're costing mm. them a 10 cents mm. or 25 cents a piece. So the question is how much would you pay per month to stay on Twitter to get rid of these bots? Well, I think you personally, that, I think that if you're already a Twitter mm. blue or whatever X blue or whatever the hell, if you're already a premium user, then it should already be part of the package. If you're not right. a premium, and it user, probably will be. And I probably will be. If you're not a premium user and you st- and you still want to utilize it, then I don't honestly. I think just a simple credit card authorization, not not even a full charge, just to mm. verify you're a person. No one's gonna want to authorize mm. that twenty two cents a thousand times so they can create their bot farm, so they can push tweets and likes and all that on 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 their on their mm. products. But Elon's a shrewd business person, so he's going to want to make a little money off this too. How much do you think, if you weren't paying anything for it? Well, because you know what's going to happen: all these celebrities are going to complain that they got to pay oh, something. Oh, oh, they already so are. So, what oh. are you willing to pay per month to make the bots go away? Um, I think a lot of people don't even know what how harmful bots are for a platform. To be honest, um, yeah. they don't. They don't. They don't know. Most people aren't willing to pay. Well, will I be willing to pay? Um, well, I'm already paying. I'm paying eight bucks a month. Um, <laughs> so there it is. You pay if, eight bucks a month. Yeah, I, I'm already, I already paid the premium. Now, if I didn't want it, because because look, there's a lot of good features with the premium thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you if you didn't want premium, and you just wanted to exist, um, you got to take into account microtransaction fees and stuff like that. So whatever platform they're going to use is going to mm-hmm. charge a specific amount of money. They're going to have to charge at least like fifty cents. It'll have to be okay. a minimum of like fifty cents. For them to make any money and for the credit card transactions to be covered. So a dollar a month. Piece of cake. Yeah, that's pretty easy. 
right. You know what's interesting is um already like the second he announced this, you had people like Mark Hamill. Okay, look at this. <laughs> what did he say? Oh, hard pass, <laughs> Elon. I know those voice acting uh, dollars ain't working out for you there, Mark. <laughs> Bro, I, for, so I actually responded to him. I said, uh, I think this is the third time you've threatened to leave. See you next week, Mr. Hamill. Wink and smile on your face. <laughs> That's funny. Here's the deal. I don't understand how the celebrities that are actually benefiting from the platform, they complain the hardest. I know. I know. About they have the most followers. You got the most, the most followers. followers. They actually, they actually, you, they, they make money. Companies say, "Hey, sponsor my uh, diet tea, yeah. my tea laxative that's going to make you mm-hmm, shit into mm-hmm. early grave." And people, <laughs> and they don't make ten grand for a tweet about the diet tea they're drinking or whatever. Yeah, no, no, and, it's true. And you can't spend eight bucks. Get out of here. Get out. Well, here. a lot of them would freak out. Imagine if like Twitter like turned people off. Or, or imagine if it's Instagram too is the other one. Imagine if they said, oh no, you can't be here. Do you know how these celebrities would freak out losing all their followers? You know, they really have the social media companies have more power over these celebrities than really they realize because they need to be on these platforms. I know they, they cater to these people as if, as if they need the celebrities to exist. No, 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 no. The celebrities Listen, I don't care how famous you used to be. If you don't, if you're not, if you can't, if you have no voice, then you're just Kim Kardashian yelling in the woods. No one cares. <laughs> right, right? right. Like if all of a sudden Instagram was like, you know what? No. <laughs> all right. Well, wh- where, where's her power then? Where are they? Where is she going to go? Right. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and, I'm not no say- and I'm not saying they should be. I'm saying that if you all of a sudden want to charge them, they're like, oh, we're going to leave because you want to charge us for our blue check mark. They're not going anywhere. Then goodbye. They're, but they're not going anywhere. Is the call point. their bluff. Call their bluff. That's Make what I'm leave. saying. That's what I'm saying. Call I, the bluff bothered, because they're not going Elon anywhere. Elon gave a bunch of these whiny bitches I know. the free I know. check mark because they were complaining so much. Guess what? The second they got their free check mark, they stopped complaining. I was going to say that was the move, though. Like the move was just give them blue check marks. Yeah, he gave it to them and said they would shut up. And, and he, also, and they eventually did yeah. shut up. And now it looks like they're paying for it. Well, exactly. <laughs> Which was his goal. Anyways, let's move on quickly to Disney because there is a little segment here we need to talk about. It looks like Disney was called out for playing an old scam. Uh, Netflix Daredevil showrunner Stephen DeKnight calls Born Again MCU reboot an old Disney scam. This is from comicbookmovie.com. I thought it was interesting because um, I hadn't really thought about this. I know we've talked about kind of Disney strategies for saving money and stuff. Um, But it looks like uh, Netflix Daredevil was canceled after three seasons. And showrunner Stephen DeKnight believes the decision to develop a soft reboot for Disney Plus is an old Disney scam. Um, So if you take a look at it here, it looks like what's happening is um, they did this through comments that people tweets. Of course, these are all tweets. A crew member on the Netflix show tweeted the following. I worked on all of the Marvel Netflix shows, which were all canceled in season two or three. Our contracts only give us full vacation pay, uh, on season three shows, four years of work. I never got a raise or vacation pay like $20,000. 
Uh, he continued tagging showrunner Stephen DeKnight. Uh, and not only did they cancel Daredevil once crew got full raise and holiday vacation pay, the Disney Plus reboot is back to season one in terms of the contract. It's a freaking scam. I wonder if at Stephen DeKnight knows that. Apparently, the showrunner responded, he does. It's an old Disney scam where they slightly rename a series to reset contract terms back to first seasons. Needs to be addressed by all the guild unions and crushed. What do you think of this process, Brian, which Disney um, uh, saves money by just uh, resetting series now that we're on streaming? I didn't know that was an old scam, but now I'm sort of remembering things like that. Right? Like, think about everything. So they're going to call it Born Again MCU? I, I think that's what they're calling it. I don't know. That's wild. Um, then they, yeah. Disney is so yucky. They're so yucky. Yeah. Like, like, everything <laughs> they do is word. so like gross. gross. Yeah. So it's called Daredevil Born Again. That's mm. funny. Uh, yeah, that's dirty, man. Um, so they, it's not, it's a different show, which means that they can negotiate different terms. Yeah. And That's, then, and, but what's going to stop them? Like they have these rules. Oh, wait, you know, we're going to save ourselves. At what point do the bean counters go, look, we can't have a season three because the cost of the show is now going to double, you know, because now, you know, and, but they don't tell anybody that. Yeah, that, that's and that's the other thing too. Like, I feel like we have uh, developed this system where everybody expects to be paid so much money um, or so much more money on the third season, mm-hmm. specifically the third season, that what happens is these streaming services like Netflix and now Disney Plus or whatever, they're like, you know what? We're just not going to do more than three seasons. We're just going to stop. Because they know that. Right. The customary contract negotiation is, oh, we get to four seasons. Now we get to get double our money. And so what's happening is streaming services are just like, yeah, we're not just not going to give you four seasons. We're not going to get there. We're just going to stop. We've already pulled in the audience. We already got a hit mm-hmm. show. There's mm-hmm. plenty of more people that are going to watch it or rewatch it or whatever. We're just going to stop. We're not going to make a fourth, fifth, and sixth season where it's already a diminishing return as it is because we're not we're not making money on advertisers anymore. So it's not we're not even making the same money we made. We're mm. gonna be making less money, and because you are still and because most of these actors and producers and directors, or whatever, are stuck in the old system, they expect to make twice their money by the time they get to the fourth season. Oh, you know, it's like hey, that that's some syndicating money. Where's my double? Well, we're not syndicating, mm. dude. Do you know how easy it would be if they just created a merit-based system? Like if they just created a system where if you're on a show that's doing well because you wrote it well or you acted it well or you're doing great, then you get a percentage of how well the show does. And if a show doesn't perform well, then you get a percentage of how poor it's doing. I mean, why not just do that? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like they would have to show the numbers, but that's the way to go. Like that's fair. You know, if you do well, you get paid well. If you do crappy, then you get paid crappy. Tyler Sheridan, he should get billions of dollars for all the shows he makes right he, yeah. he's gotten a lot of people to sign up to a lot of streaming services that's for sure and they, and, they, and they've sold a lot of episodes too let's say let's say like uh when, when before yellowstone season five or whatever came to streaming 
Dude, my wife was like, where's the credit card? I need to buy this entire fifth season on Amazon Prime <laughs> for forty two ninety five or whatever. I'm like, what are you doing? Can't wait two weeks? Are you kidding me? Like, look, I mean, yeah, that'd be great, but they had to share their numbers. The studios don't want to do that. So we're in this yeah. weird conundrum where the studios don't want to share their numbers because if they share their numbers, then there's a lot of dodgy crap they can't do. Mm. But if they it, don't yeah. share their numbers, then they can't institute a merit-based system. And so what the, the actors, directors, producers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all want to renegotiate their contracts at a certain point. The second something is remotely successful, so they make more money because that's the way it, it's always worked. But right. they don't know how much how much it's doing because the numbers are being shared, and they, they don't right. realize that a fourth and fifth season of something is going to make a streaming service a diminishing return because they're not actually selling advertiser space, and the most of the people that they've captured for subscribers, they already caught in the first three seasons, so a show doesn't need to get a fourth and fifth, and a show doesn't need to get more than eight yep. episodes because they've already captured the subscribers they need. It's a right. perfect. The system is so mathematically uh, connected and scientifically tuned to get people to sign up that they know they need to spend as little money as possible to make that happen. Eight to ten episodes for a season, three seasons, that's all you're going to get. And And they're basically paying for one season of television. And they're basically paying for one season of television. Mm. And, oh, oh, we got to do a fourth season? You know what they say? Hey, I know we got to a fourth season, but we're just done now. <laughs> or they do this bull crap. Oh, we, we shot. Your numbers aren't good enough. We shot 16 episodes. So we have season season one, part one and season one, part two. Oh. Well, well, yeah. Netflix well, does that crap, dude. Yeah. But think of it like this. Now they can just say they can just lie. Well, your numbers aren't good enough. Sorry. So, I mean, that's 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 what they can tell them. And nobody knows. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so nuts. Uh, I don't I don't see it getting better because both sides of this have some like they they don't want to give up. Obviously, the actors don't want to give up how much money they used to make, and especially like the the, the you know the the S tier the A A list yeah. actors, they're like, yeah, no, I'm not I'm not coming to do a show for any more than any less than two hundred eighty thousand dollars an episode, and it was like, uh, dude, that. I'm sorry. That means it's going to cost us $200 million to make this because you and your four other cast men, you know, members are, are asking for two or $3 million an episode combined in addition to product and uh, production costs. So we have, we've inflated the value of these shows and before advertisers paid for it. Oh yeah. They it did. worked out. Okay. Because advertisers paid if, 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 if Friends was so popular and it was syndicated across so many markets that advertisers would ultimately pay so much more than whatever you were paying the actors. But now it's streaming. There's no advertisers. That entire show is worth that 10 to $18 a month that someone's paying. That's it. That's it. So now, now these streaming services are making an insane amount of money. I'm not saying they're not, but it doesn't matter how good the show does anymore. Well, and here's the thing, like in the streamers, they could get advertisers for certain shows because there's, there's advertising that you can watch on some of these and pay for the levels, but then they'd have to tell the advertisers how much people were viewing the shows. Right. Right. They got, 
they gotta give up the numbers. I almost want to sign up to be an advertiser to see like what you get when you advertise on like Peacock or something. Like they gotta yeah. give you something, right? Oh, your ad got this many impressions. Yeah, I'm sure, but that it goes across the whole. It, you don't just get a show. You, it's against right. the whole streaming service. Right, right. They just pop up randomly. So, uh, but what else? So, so we know that Disney, uh, their movies have done shitty this year. Um, they've, I'm pretty much sure that almost every Disney movie's lost money right. this year. Yeah, it has. So, what can Disney do to fix the problem? Expand their theme park Expand business. Expand the theme park. Here we go. If you and can't just do it when you theater, thought our stock couldn't get any lower, folks. <laughs> Mine, half my portfolio is in Disney. And here we go. Another $60 billion expansion of theme park. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's no it's no surprise that they really have neglected the theme parks uh since before COVID. Um, the expansion of Star Wars Land or whatever in um, at Disneyland, Edge. Galaxy's Edge, uh, was kind of a eh, nobody really cared. I thought it was sort of cool. I mean, it's cool, but it didn't really bring people in. Maybe initially, it's not a draw. Yeah. Uh, so, what the plan is now? Disney plans to add sixty billion dollar expansion to their theme park business. Um. So you know, Disney has has places uh all over the world so we've got of course orlando florida you've got here in southern california you've got a china you've got a japan you got a france and so they're looking specifically to up their money there and also in the cruise ship business because as we know cruise ships came back this image that you're looking at this is a great image um that you're looking at here this is actually uh, a possibility now this would be frozen land wait is this anaheim the, disneyland this is anaheim so what you're looking at right here if you're familiar with anaheim disney right here this water that you see kind of at the front left of the thing that and that road that goes down there that is california adventure okay and that's the, like the 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 part back there with like the uh the fair you know the, the boardwalk where you walk back there yeah so this is across the street, and what you have is you have a hotel that's there now, and you see it there. But the rest of that stuff is not part of the park. The, but Disney owns that section of land. And if you go to the right there, that's where the parking garage is. Of course they do. They own so they own, this like, would be, like they own like half of Anaheim, like the like the city. Yeah. Like they own half of a city. Just so you guys know. <laughs> of an entire city. It like they literally had to like separate. Anaheim into like incorporated Anaheim and unincorporated Anaheim because Disney owns so much of the city. I used to live there. So, you're right. And so this could actually be like a potential to have uh, frozen land put in, which is something they've talked about doing uh, and still being able to, and it also expanding the Disneyland park system. Uh, this would, you know, obviously attach itself to California adventure since it's too far away from Disneyland proper, you know, the, the, the traditional Disney park. Um, but they say they have more than a thousand acres of land available for development. A thousand acres. And only eight, uh, only 800 acres of that land have homes on it right now, but that's cool. <laughs> we're just going to demolish those homes. <laughs> and anyone living in those homes paying rent to AWDS, which is a Disney rental company. Oh, when, they're just going to be kicked out on their asses. Good luck. <laughs> Why, as why, previous, 
Why can corporations even own residential homes? Mm. That's so crazy to me. It's so crazy. Like, there are so little few residential homes mm. left in comparison to the percentage owned by giant corporations and, and Airbnb host. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to say about it? I'm excited mean, so much, but I'm going to stop. <laughs> As previously announced, over the next two years, Disney will nearly double the worldwide capacity of its cruise line, adding two ships in fiscal year 2025 and another in 2026. Um, Disney's going full force. And the reason the reason is they know that their their movie industry is hurting. So they're trying to put the money back in the parks. And and are they gouging us at the parks, Brian? Oh, yeah. They're gouging us at the parks, right? Oh, yeah. Um, we're getting wrecked. You what does it cost to eat at the park? I have a, I have a twin girls and a, a wife. So for me to go, uh, me and my four and my three other people, four people total, um, it's going to easily cost uh, around 800 bucks to get in, <laughs> just to get in into the park. Okay. And, Would you say 800? Uh, yeah, around 800 bucks. Mm -hmm. um, and let's say... Let's say we're like, you know what? We're thirsty for water. Mm. That's an extra 50 bucks right there um, for water. <laughs> uh, I, I listen, and, you, and, and I, I'm also adding in like your fast passes and all that bull crap because there's, there's no reason to go to Disneyland if you don't get like the fast passes and all that bull crap. You have to get all the stuff that makes going to Disneyland worth going to Disneyland. Or, or, or you're wasting your time. So that's the, and that's the biggest problem is it's not just the ticket price, the ticket price plus everyone's fast pass and right. this pass and that pass and you got to get water and your kid's like, can I get a churro dad? I'm like, let me mortgage my house. One second. Everything is mm. so expensive, dude. Everything. You can't, you can't get a burger with a, like a, a cheeseburger mm. is like $22 crazy well just so you know in 1985 uh, a five-year-old brian montgomery and a 12-year-old shane montgomery went to disneyland we did on the 30th anniversary of disney we went with our family the tickets were 24.99 each mm -hmm. back in 1985 so uh yeah so that they can probably expect right now ticket prices are or as much as $170 a ticket uh, to get into Disney now yep, and, and expect those numbers to go over 200 once they've bumped up. I mean, something's got to pay for those $60 billion. That doesn't, you, you have to get fast passes or you're getting on three rides the entire day. That's the other problem. So this is for a one day, one park ticket, right. one park, not, not, not both parks. Right. Remember there's two parks. Yeah. There's two parks. You yeah, so like, you, you, you only get to go to half of the park, right? Disney Fast Pass. How much is that? It's like forty bucks a person, if I remember correctly. Wow. So yeah, wow. Okay. Meanwhile, Disney stocks at a whopping eighty-two dollars a share. Yeah, so Disney's not doing so great. No, but uh, and there's also rumors now that uh, Bob Iger uh, says he's going to retire. Guess what? Bob Iger's not going to retire. No matter what you hear yeah. about him planning his retirement, he's never going to retire. He ain't going so nowhere. He ain't going nowhere. He's and and if somebody else does come in, he's going to have to get pushed out because right. he's just he's not going to give up his power. So. Right. 
All right, and that's it for Disney, sir. And yeah, and uh, we're gonna be heading to the members section. Um, we got a lot more to talk about over there. I get to share my uh, story, some stories that I don't, I don't know about, feel good about sharing here. Also, <laughs> we're gonna watch the Quantum Leap season two trailer. So come on over to the members section. The water is absolutely divine. Oh, one more super chat here from Michael Nemo for two dollars. Uh, Disney should open inclusive kingdom from the boys. <laughs> so from what? the boys TV show, Oh, inclusive kingdom, inclusive kingdom. That's great. Um, I would love to see Thank a, you, Michael. a boys version. Uh, I could like, like, like the boys creator to make like a Disney, a Disney version of like, this is like this MCU, whatever. Be terrifying. Yeah. All right. So listen, um, we are going to the member section. How do you get over the members section, Shane? Well, it's really easy. Hit that link in the description in the chat. Um, you can also go ahead and click on any of the uh, the link in the description where it says members section, and you can also just do nothing, and it will take you there. Before we leave, do me a favor: hit that like button on your way out, especially if you're not joining us in the members section. And if you can't join us, that's cool, no problem. We love you. We'll be back next week. Oh, and uh, just real quick, Archmage has a question here. Are you still spinning the wheel for the stream hero? We are, but we have no stream hero today. No stream hero today. So when we do have a stream hero, we will definitely make sure that uh, they get a chance for the win. So, yeah. Okay. Love you guys. 